The views and opinions of today's broadcast is not necessarily the views or opinions of the TJRS Radio Network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you, and welcome into the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. This morning, here are the following topics that will be discussed. Mr. Chauvin, as sentence for count one, the court commits you to the custody of the Commissioner of Corrections for a period of 270 months. That's 270. That is a 10-year addition to the presumptive sentence of 150 months. This is based on your... Uh, abuse of a position of trust and authority, and also the particular cruelty shown to George Floyd. You are granted credit for 199 days already served. Pay the mandatory surcharge of $78 to be paid from prison wages. The Justice Department says Georgia's Republican-controlled legislature rushed to pass election law changes intending to make it harder for black people to vote, especially by mail, which blacks tend to do more than whites. The bottom line is that the President and I are very clear. We support S-1, we support the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, and the fight is not over. Tonight, the Senate voted to confirm Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to sit on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, often regarded as the second highest court in the land. Online radio at its best. The Bible says that if there's any unforgiveness, that it should be dealt with before praying. Therefore, we release any anger, bad feelings, resentment, or any other wrong attitude before you now. We lay it at your feet and we release and forgive those who have wronged us. When we come into agreement and lift up the listener to you. Father, thank you for this new day for the listener. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Together we ask for wisdom, revelation, and understanding for the listener for the things they will face today in Jesus' name. We speak strength and peace over them in the name of Jesus. We call them charged up to take on the tasks they will face today. Help them to walk in love with those they come across. May they look at the world through eyes filled with the God kind of love. Help them to be patient and kind. Help them to be gentle and humble, seeing others as you see them. Help them to watch their tongue in Jesus' name. May the words the listener speaks today be wrapped in love and lift up the person they are directed towards. Right now we cast down every thought of fear and worry. We declare that thoughts that are pleasant in your sight, Lord, fill the mind of the listener today in Jesus' name. When they submit to you and resist the devil, he will flee. Help the listener to be a light in this dark world. May others see Jesus in how they speak and the actions they make. All the praise and glory to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before 
347-850-1272 is our call-in number. Once again, welcome into the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Rouse, and of course, I'll never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. Miss Vanessa May Bell is in the house. Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. And my main man, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be. Everyone's present accounted for. Good morning. Good morning, fam. What's going on, Vanessa? How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Good morning, everybody. I'm doing awesome, Jay. How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm blessed, Vanessa. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. What's going on, Mr. Johnny D? How are you, sir? Good morning, good morning. I am doing well. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana this morning. Uh, enjoying myself um, and just thankful to be part of the the broadcast, be part of the information network that we provide each week. Thank you, Ms. Vanessa, for being who you are. My brother Les, uh, Jerome, and all the other ones who, who may be uh Ms. Momo B, Ms. Jackie, uh, Dr. Williams. Uh, am I missing anybody? No, I think that's it. I think you got everybody. <laughs> nah, you know now, 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 you know what? Now, now Jay, 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 I, I missed the most important one. My brother, Jay Ryle. 36 oh, years. 36 years, definitely, indeed. So looking forward to some good topics. And uh, I say thanks to all those individuals who allow us an opportunity to have a voice and come into their homes. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. And uh, we just want to make sure we emphasize that we thank you folks for being a part of what we do. The man against the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. What's going on, man? Coming from the darkness to lightness. What's happening, my brother? Hey, man. Good morning. Good morning to you, my brother. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Rick Sister. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Marianne uh, Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Good morning, good morning. What's the darkness to light? What does that mean? Oh, I had a power outage yesterday. I had a power outage yesterday, Vanessa. And I and, oh. and we were having a family get together at my house yesterday. Yeah, it was it was it was thank God it wasn't hot. But my family, I don't know what it is about my house. I was like, hey, we probably need to move this to somebody else's house. They was like, no, let's stay here and party. I'm like, okay. And I got a brother who lives within walking distance of me. And um, they, they was like, no, we're going to stay here at your house. We're going we gonna to party. We're going to get down. We gonna, this, is where we, this is the Kool-Aid house. I'm like, yeah, I guess it is. So my power probably <laughs> came on about 6.30 or 7 o'clock. And we, and we got it in to about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. Needless to say, I'm drained. I did a lot of cooking yesterday. And, uh, man, it was just great to have my family around me, man. It was a joyous occasion. I haven't wow. seen my family in a year and a half. It was great. It was great. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of sick people uh, today as well if you did the cooking. So uh, good stuff, Mr. Elias. Appreciate it. 347 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850. 347-850
It was just hard to watch, man. What are your thoughts on that? Because we're not going to talk about it during the no. show. It's not a topic, but I want to make sure we address it before we move on. Yeah, you know, certainly my heart and my thoughts, my prayers and condolences go out to the families. And, and you know, the, the reoccurring thing is the reactiveness. Um, right. Because the families of, of those uh, who are missing, the families of those who are already confirmed, dead, I think it's five confirmed dead and 159 still missing. And it's probably countless more. But now you have these city officials talking about this 2018 report where mm-hmm. this scathing report comes out and saying that the building was basically unfit. You, 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 I listened to the family members speak about the complaints and the calls that family members was making in regards to these creeks and crevices that they was hearing throughout the night. I hear about mm. those individuals talking about the water that was in the basement, I mean, in the garage. And now, now, after all the loss of life and the destruction, now you have people sitting here saying, you know, that, you know, all of this stuff is now coming out as if they, they really cared. If you cared, you would have done something from the onset. And it yeah. just really bothers me about the reactive state of people. You know, it, it, it's like neighborhoods and, you know, you, you see all the crime that's going on, but you know the people that's committing these crimes. But, yeah, you don't see anything until after some tragic event. It's the hypocrisy of this world that sometimes just bothers me to no end. The spiritual uplifting of providing prayer before the show, Jay, and the spirituality, that that certainly helps. But it is just, you know, it, it's amazing to me how we sit back and, and, and see things occur. It, it's no different than those neighbors who knew about those individuals who committed that coup on January the 6th. They knew about it because they sat there and they talked to the people, you know, revving up their engines and sat here saying, okay, this is how we're going to do preparing to go. And it's just right. the reactiveness um, that just bothers me And you know to see those city officials get up there now And try to take, take this posturing stance About you know we knew about Yeah you knew about this in 2018 And yet you did nothing Yeah yeah it's sad And you know and, and, and like you said it takes a tragedy like this To uh, bring everyone uh, To try to make people accountable and, and that's the thing that, that really always bothers me Is like who's going to be held accountable for this And even though if there's accountability And you know we'll talk about that a little bit In our first set with our first uh, topic of the morning Really doesn't bring the people back So people Failure to do your job Incompetence has cost you know, family members Heartache and pain because of the fact That people don't do their jobs And it's just a sad sad state of affairs Alright we have a lot to get into this morning Coming up next is NPR news and uh jackie's in the house we'll bring her in as well so you're listening to the serious side welcome aboard we have a lot to talk about don't go anywhere three four seven eight five oh one two seven two that's the number if you want to play pick up your phone and dial we'll be right back live from npr news in washington i'm amy held Buildings near the ruins of a Florida condo building are now set to undergo inspection. As the rescue effort goes on for more than 150 people who lived in Champlain Tower South, a resident of the neighboring Champlain Tower East provided evidence of a worrisome development, according to Surfside Vice Mayor Tina Paul. It has been reported to us from a resident. He sent us photographs of the condition of the garage, of the structure, and it had significant chipping. 
A three-year-old engineering report for the building that partially collapsed on Thursday found major problems requiring repairs that apparently had not been made. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is winding down his multi-nation European tour with a stop in Italy. NPR's Silvia Pajoli reports from Rome. On Monday, Blinken and his Italian counterpart Foreign Minister Luigi Di Maio will co-chair a meeting of the Global Coalition to defeat ISIS. The Secretary of State will also meet Prime Minister Mario Draghi and President Sergio Mattarella. Blinken's meeting with Pope Francis is expected to put relations between Washington and the Vatican on a new footing following tensions with the Trump administration. Blinken's visit follows a decision by U.S. Roman Catholic bishops to vote on a statement that could deny communion to Catholic politicians who support abortion rights, a position sharply criticized by the Vatican. Sophie Poggioli, NPR News, Rome. Moscow is among the topics in Blinken's discussions with European allies, and in the UK, a stash of classified documents regarding relations with Russia is roiling the British government. The BBC's Paul Adams reports one of the documents discussed possible Russian reaction to a British Navy ship off the coast of Crimea last week. The documents were found by a member of the public who contacted the BBC. They show that officials were acutely aware of the possible Russian reaction to HMS Defender's mission. The papers don't contradict the government's official narrative that the destroyer was conducting what was described as an innocent passage through Ukrainian territorial waters, but they do show that the route and Russia's reaction were the subject of extremely high-level debate. The papers also include one highly sensitive document which outlines proposals for a possible British military presence in Afghanistan, including special forces, after the end of the NATO operation now in its final stages. It also says the option to withdraw completely remains. The BBC's Paul Adams reporting. Excessive heat warnings are in effect across Washington, Oregon, and much of Idaho, where it's not just hot, it's dangerous. In a region accustomed to a cooler climate, many residents have no air conditioning. Stores are selling out of units, and officials are asking for volunteers to help out at cooling centers. As more triple-digit highs are expected to shatter records, today and tomorrow. You're listening to NPR News. The NAACP is committed to equality for all people especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance at living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. Mr. Chauvin, as to count one, Based on the verdict of the jury, finding you guilty of unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony under Minnesota Statute 609.19, Subdivision 2, Paren 1, it is the judgment of the court that you now stand convicted of that. Pursuant to Minnesota Statute uh, Section 609.04, counts 2 and 3 will remain unadjudicated as they are lesser offenses of count 1. As sentence for count 1, the court commits you to the custody of the Commissioner of Corrections for a period of 270 months. That's 270. That is 
10-year addition to the presumptive sentence of 150 months. This is based on your uh, abuse of a position of trust and authority and also the particular cruelty shown to George Floyd. You're granted credit for 199 days already served. Pay the mandatory surcharge of $78 to be paid from prison wage. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the CJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. The killing of George Floyd on a Minneapolis corner led to nationwide protests, a reckoning over racial injustice, touching on virtually every aspect of American life. And on Friday, it's a substantial prison sentence, 22 and a half years for the former police officer, Derek Chauvin, who ignored Mr. Floyd's desperate cries for help and pressed his knee onto Mr. Floyd's neck for what seemed to be an eternity. The sentence was far less than the 30 years prosecutors had sought, but far more than the penalty that the lawyers for Mr. Chauvin uh, requested. Uh, they requested probation and the time he had already served behind bars. The sentence means that the earliest Mr. Chauvin could be eligible for release on parole, experts say, would be around 2035, 2036, when he's close to 60 years old. Let's start right there. Um, you know, we asked this question uh, a lot uh, during the trial and during, you know, all the events. We were on the air. We covered it from when Mr. Floyd was first killed. Uh, we covered it throughout the Derrick Chauvin trial. And I used to ask my peeps uh, one question. Do you think the guy is going to get, you know, a, a huge sentence? Will he be convicted? You know, most I think the majority around here felt that, okay, he's going to be convicted, but it's not going to be anything of, you know, it's not going to be a significant sentence. So now that everything is complete uh, in the Derek Chauvin uh, trial, I mean his chapter, or his involvement in George Floyd's death, let me uh, start with you, Mr. Elias. Uh, what do you think of the verdict? Too little? Uh, not enough. I mean, you know, was it too much? Was it uh, not? You know, was it not enough? I mean, what, what, what's your? What, what do you think, man? Well, you know what, Jay? It was more than what I expected he would get. You know, I said he would get ten years, to be honest. And uh, he got twenty-two, and and they said he's going to be eligible for parole in fifteen years. So, I, honestly, I thought I thought he should they should have thrown the book at him and gave him thirty, to be honest. But Hey, you know, uh, after listening to experts say that uh, if they gave him the, the maximum on amount, amount, he could have filed an appeal. But they said after 22 years, he really can't file an appeal because there's nothing to fight there. So, you know, is it a fair trial? Is it a fair no? Because George Floyd and his family could never see him again. Then right. Chauvin's mother, who got up there and said, you know, never apologize to the Floyd family. No. You know, you convicted me as well as my son. Uh, you should have taught your son better. So, but, 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 but let, me, let me ask you this, because, you know, I, I saw that, and, and, and it, I had an immediate reaction to that. But then I said, wait a minute, that's his mother, right? I mean, so most parents are going to go down with their kid come hell or hot water. I mean, so I guess can we really blame her I get that. for... I get that, but why not apologize to the Floyd family? 
Well, that's true. I, I agree with that. But I think if someone says, well, if you apologize, that simply means that you concur with, you know, the sentence. I don't know what was going through her mind, but, but I, I see what you were saying on that. Let, let, me, let, let me swing around to, to you, Vanessa. Uh, when you saw, heard the sentence, uh, what, same question to you. Uh, too much? Not enough? What say you? I love you less, but you actually said less than 10 years. I don't know what the number was, but it was actually less than 10 years because we had this argument. So I said, I said he would get 10 years and it served five. I said 10 years and he'd get five. Nobody was and he would get five. Enough. Okay, so I knew it was that he would serve less than 10 years. I this said, way. I, no, I said he would get 10 years. He would be, out, he would be, yeah. he would be served yeah, 10 I'm years and serve about five. Years, he has to serve at least 11 years to even be up for parole. But, you know, the people in Houston, a couple of them on my Facebook page were saying, remember, Jay, I kept saying he should get life, and you said, Vanessa, life is not on the table. So when right. they were saying that on the Facebook page, I sounded like Jay Ryle. I said life was not on the table. Yeah, so. Right. I mean, I mean, it wasn't, and you taught me, and I told them. So I said, you have to remember, he's still a white man. He still was a cop in general. So I think that, I think that they wanted 40. I think that he got 22. And to be quite honest, I'm okay with the 22. Because not only does he have the 22, but he got an answer to God. So I'm all right that with the fact that he got 22 years, and 22 years in prison is, honey, 10 years is like hell. So he's going to get here. I mean, I'm all right with it. I am all right with it. I just am. I just, I'm just all right with it. Because it's going to be hell for him. He's going to have to be put in a position where people can't get to him. Because if, if he's anywhere around the black people, they're gonna those gangs that's in the prison are gonna try to get to him. So he's gonna have to get with some Republican white boys with all them tattoos and stuff. They be trying to save each other in prison, one of them groups. So I'm just saying, life is not going to be pleasant for him right. in jail. Yeah, so, and I agree with you. I think, and Johnny can speak more to, uh, you know, what type of, uh, you know, how they're going to facilitate this man. Because I think, as a, you know, former police officers, especially with a high-profile case, I think he's going to be in isolation. But you talked about, you know, we talked about uh, Derek Chauvin's mom and and some of the things that she said. And Vanessa, you mentioned how his life is going to be hell. You know, I think the one victim in all this that we heard speak for the first time was George Floyd's daughter. I want to play her victim, her victim impact statement in its entirety, and then, Johnny, I have some questions for you. What do you miss most about your daddy? Well, I asked about him all the time. What do you miss most about your daddy? Well, I asked about him all the time. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Well, when you ask about him, what are you asking about? Well, I was asking, how did my dad get hurt? 
Do you wish that he was still here with us? Yeah, but he is. Through his spirit? Yes. Yeah. And when you see your daddy again one day, what do you want to do when you see him? I want to play with him. What kind of games do you want to play with him? Um, I want to um, play with him, have fun, go on a plane ride, go um, in the city. Yeah. Would you Please. We used to have dinner meals every single night before we went to bed. My uh, my daddy always used to help me brush my teeth. Oh. <laughs> Do you miss him helping brush your teeth? Yes. How do you hope that the world remembers him? Well, they help him because um, those mean people did something to him. Yeah. If you could say anything to your daddy right now, what would it be? It would be, I miss you and I love you. All right. Thank you, Gianna. I really appreciate you answering questions today. You know, so the littlest victim uh, is George Floyd's daughter, Gianna. You know, Johnny, let me ask you this question because we, we talked about prior to that clip uh, what type of accommodations uh, will have to be in place for uh, officer, well, former Officer Chauvin. Um, but, but, you know, once again, give me your reactions on the sentencing, and if you can address that for us with your expertise, I would appreciate that. The sentencing, well, first and foremost, uh, that that interview, uh, when, when I saw that, you know, the, the little girl, um, the daughter, that just breaks your heart. Um, yeah. Having seen it on TV, but then also having seen it, um, it in the lines of my work, um, it, it just breaks your heart. And, and those are the people that you have to remember when you go out, those uniformed persons, uh, you have to remember that on the other end, there's families and there's communities that are impacted. Um, the sentencing in, in, in and of itself uh, has has the potential to increase as far as uh, sentencing. Um, the 30 years versus the 22, I knew that he would be convicted. I knew that he would get um, sentenced. I, I, I certainly felt strongly that it wouldn't be the 30 years. Uh, I was probably leaning more in that, that that 12 because I think originally that's what uh, the prosecutors were hinting at was I think a 12 to 15 or so with a maximum of 30 so I was thinking probably half so uh, the fact that he got 22 and a half years is not justice by any means so don't mistake my words for meaning that that was justice because there was no injustice uh, in regard to that uh, matter of fact it was anything but but he is standing accused of some federal offenses, a 2017 uh, assault um, on, on a 14-year-old on a child. He's, uh, he's standing accused yep. of federal charges on that. Then he and his wife is looking at tax evasion as well. So he could get some additional sentencing. Now, as far as his, his prison wow. structure, he will most likely be in some isolated unit uh, for his protection, and, and rightly so. Over a period of time, uh, you will probably see one or two two means to his end. Um, I don't like to forecast that a negative 
but it, it's going to be hard for him to be able to to serve out that that sentence um, because remember this here, right? Uh, this isn't his first egregious act of misconduct. This guy had been investigated twelve different times prior yep. to this that you know of, right. where he abused his his authority. So he probably has a long list of individuals who would like to touch him, and I'm not advocating for that because what that does, it only promotes uh, institutional violence, and those staff members have to deal with the residuals of it. So certainly I hope that he's able to go into a protective unit and and be safeguarded. Um, What I'm interested in is going to be the sentencing for the remaining ones, uh, uh, Kung and Lane, who were relatively in a training status. I think they will get less sentence, and don't be surprised if they just simply get probation. Um, Ooh, but that, I don't think that, that's that, that 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 style. I, I'm I, I'll be honest now. Let, let's we'll, we'll see how this move. plays out. They they are looking at federal federal sentencing as well. But I'm talking about from a state charge, considering okay. their their training or lack thereof. Uh, the fact that at least one of them did intercede and try to say, look, you think we should roll them over on the side now, that doesn't excuse the fact that, that they stood down. But that Tao, okay, that officer Tao, who was also one who had engaged in many many uh, allegations of malfeasance and misconduct, this is the right. guy that you probably should have looked at the 22 years because I felt like he aided and abetted more so than the other two because he warded off the other uh, the, the, the civilian people that was trying to say, look, do the right thing, and, and how he approached right. them in that aggressive manner, like, you know, y'all better get back. And to sit there mm-hmm. and, and, and be the, the, the second senior officer on the scene and do nothing, uh, I think right. he will get a considerable amount of time. And when I say that, mm-hmm. I'm talking about anywhere from seven to maybe 12 years or so. But the other two, I would not be surprised. They may get charged federally, but from yep. a state standpoint, you're probably looking at probation, to be honest. But Chauvin wow. is, is looking at a lot more legal trouble than what than what we, we, we were originally spoke of. The state charges, you know, but, but let's let's look at this. Let, let's Question. look at the positives in this here, if there are any. Uh, since 2005, uh, in, in, in my research, there's only been 11 officers that's been convicted of killing um, a, a, a civilian person, okay? So this is the first time that they've received that much sentencing. And right. does, does that say that it suggests that law enforcement reform uh, is, is has made a difference? I think just the fact that people took to the streets and just the blatantness. I mean, this was just straight malfeasance. This was so malice to see it played mm-hmm. out on, on the streets of an American city and yeah. in such a vile way, and to know that the judicial system at least stood firm and said, you know what, we want to at least do the right thing, I think is admirable, and it does lend itself to being able to move forward with some dialogue and progress and some reform. Hmm. Interesting. Vanessa, you said you had a question. Yeah, I do for uh, J.D. J.D., if he has some charges that are federal charges, aren't federal charges, I mean, aren't federal time or is this federal time day for day? So would he do his 12 years or 11 years or 22 years and then possibly go into federal? Because federal is day for day, or is it depending on what the federal crime is? 
he will most likely, Vanessa, if 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 I'm the the the, the prosecutor, um, I'm probably looking at letting him do the state time because the charges that he has federally is not as as damning as this one here. Um, so I, I think what you do is, you know, you allow him to serve out his state sentence, whatever time he may get federally if he is uh, charged and convicted. You still have that 85 uh, percent that, that you must do. And then with good behavior and stuff, that has a tendency to, to dwindle down considerably, maybe put in a halfway house. Because the thing that you have to remember is that this is still his first offense, okay? So those those variables will be factored into his sentencing um, or, right. or any type of parole hearing that he may or may not have. As egregious as this was, you know, again, he's never been charged or convicted right. of a crime. So he is a first-time felon, and those things are taken into consideration. And for the rule of law, I think it's good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it will be no, no different than, than if, if we have relatives. You know, we want that, those factors to be considered. If they make a bad choice, we want people to know that, you know what, hey, this guy up until today or up until that choice that they made, you need to take that in consideration the life that they lived beforehand. So I, would, I wouldn't want to take that away from him in regards to that. But the federal sentences will probably be less, and I think he will end up serving the state time first, and then eventually he may end up eventually being in federal custody, to be honest. depends on how much threat is posed to his life, if at all any, because there's interstate compacts where you can, you know, exchange a, 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 a prisoner for prison and put him into the federal system, which can sometimes minimize the exposure that they may have with him being in the state of Minnesota, I, I would not be surprised if at some point they send him off to a different state where he he will be considered more favorable, maybe to one of those those uh, western states, uh, you know, the Montanas, the Idahos, and, and places yeah. like that where he can go into a population where he will be less known and be able to blend in. But to think that he'll spend 22 years in the Minnesota uh, Department of Corrections or Public Safety is probably not reasonable and would probably put a burden on the staff there in order to try to protect him. Yeah, I can imagine that as well. Now, we talked about uh, hearing from George Floyd's daughter uh, because we hadn't heard from her throughout this process. Here's Derek Chauvin. This is what he said when he had an opportunity to speak. Um, at this time, due to some additional legal matters at hand. I'm not able to give a full formal statement at this time. Um, but very briefly, though, I uh, do want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, there's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest. And uh, I hope things will give you some some peace of mind. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was, so when he made that statement, people were like, well, what, what is he uh, uh, talking about? I, I'm not sure. Vanessa, we have a minute left. Let me give that last minute to you. I don't know what they're really talking about either, Jay. Yeah, I, I mean, when he made that comment, some other information that will provide them with some closure. I, so, well, that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about with that because, I mean, you didn't even apologize. So what's well, he apologized. out that would make that family feel better? 
Did he? Did he? You know I thought he apologized in that statement. Uh, maybe he just—I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. Or maybe he didn't. I have he no idea. But I just—he didn't say go to George Floyd's mother. I guess is what I'm saying and say, "Ma'am, uh, I do apologize that this incident yeah. occurred." I mean, he didn't say none of that. He didn't have to say I apologize for killing him because that would show guilt. But he didn't even say I apologize that it occurred. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, listen. Hey, I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I promise you, coming up next, we do. Jackie's in the house. We're going to have her come in next segment. Time is just rolling, but it's time for it's convenient time. And so, the U.S. government. Uh, do you believe in uh, UFOs? That's my question. Do you believe in UFOs? Well, if you are a believer in UFOs, <laughs> this next segment is for you. It's Kavina time. Keep it right here. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. It looks like Jerome's in the house as well. We'll bring those two in after the break. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> During a week full of news coming out of Washington, we didn't want you to miss this story. Today, the U.S. government released its most detailed report ever on what it does and does not know about UFOs. NPR national security correspondent Greg Myrie has been following this. And Greg, let's start with this. UFOs are somehow part of the infrastructure bill. What's the headline there? (laughs) Well, no sign of little green men here, Audie. Um, the U.S. military and the intelligence community said they found nothing to support evidence of alien life, but they did find more than 140 reports dating back to 2004 where investigators could not find an explanation for what they call, instead of UFOs, they call them unexplained aerial phenomena. Now, um, the report says the limited amount of high-quality reporting hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions, so it may leave people on both sides a little disappointed. Uh, This report had lots of input from the military. It was released by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, part of a task force that's going to continue this work. What kind of events are we talking about? Well, perhaps the most intriguing are reports coming from Navy pilots, particularly in 2014 and 2015 off the east coast of the U.S., and at least a few of these were filmed. The pilots said they saw objects that moved at exceptional speed and agility and acceleration, uh, and in some incidents, witnesses even claimed these, uh, these objects went underwater. So we're talking about multiple sightings over the course of months from experienced pilots, not, not some kind of one-off by an amateur. In the meantime, what you're saying is it doesn't really explain what's happening, but does it offer any suggestions or guidance? A little bit. Uh, It it says that uh, these UFO sightings are not part of a secret U.S. government or military project. And another theory was, okay, perhaps it's some sort of secret program coming from a rival country like Russia or China. But there's no evidence to support this either. Uh, There's speculation that it's it's perhaps some kind of hypersonic technology, something that the U.S. and others are working on. But they don't seem to explain the accounts in this report. Um, So given all these unresolved cases, it is likely to spur certainly more discussion and perhaps talk about even more resources uh, being devoted to, to looking for some answers here. Why is this report coming out now? 
so late last year, Congress passed this big COVID relief bill, and then it was signed by Donald Trump on December 27th. And buried inside it was this call for this report. Marco Rubio, the Republican senator from Florida, was, uh, was a big driving force behind it. And so that's what we're seeing today is this, this preliminary report, and Congress is also being briefed. Now, the main conclusions were, conclusions were leaked to the media several weeks ago. Uh, so, as we heard, there's nothing really conclusive that's likely to change people's minds. For UFO skeptics, it's probably going to, to reinforce the notion that there's, there's no proof here. And for UFO enthusiasts, they're likely to say there are these unexplained cases and it, it requires further study. There have been so many conspiracy theories, obviously. Why is this kind of, um, for the people who are hardcore UFO enthusiasts, I mean, they've, they've claimed that the U.S. government has found aliens. I mean, can you explain how we got from there to here? Right. I mean, uh, I think we all have heard about the Roswell, New Mexico story, and it's a case where the, the fake story is better known than the real one. The fake story claims that in 1947, the Air Force found a spacecraft and aliens in the desert and has covered it up ever since. But in reality, the Air Force had these high-altitude balloons for spying on the Soviet Union's nuclear program. One of those balloons crashed near Roswell. The Air Force cleaned it up, didn't talk about a top-secret program. It wasn't until 1994 that the Air Force put out a detailed report. And by that point, many people just preferred to believe the flyer saucer, flying saucer version of events, uh, which uh, contributes to the tourist industry that Roswell uh, still has today. That's NPR's Greg Myrie. Greg, thank you. My pleasure. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've in order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Online radio at its best. The Justice Department says Georgia's Republican-controlled legislature rushed to pass election law changes intending to make it harder for black people to vote, especially by mail, which blacks tend to do more than whites. These legislative actions occurred at a time when the black population in Georgia continues to steadily increase. Targets of the civil rights lawsuit, new limits on getting absentee ballots and on groups sending out ballot applications, fewer drop boxes for returning completed ballots, and a ban on giving food or water to people in line at the polls. These changes, the lawsuit says, were meant to push black people toward more in-person voting in areas where the polls typically have long lines. And the attorney general says the Justice Department may file lawsuits in other states passing similar restrictions. Where we believe the civil rights of Americans have been violated 
we will not hesitate to act. Georgia's Republican governor, Brian Kemp, blasted the lawsuit, calling it part of the Biden administration's left-wing agenda. The Justice Department is also ordering the FBI and the nation's federal prosecutors to take action against anyone who threatens state or local election officials. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the calling number. It's 43 minutes after the hour you're listening to the serious side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best thank you guys for being in the house. Attorney General Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland announced on Friday that the United States Justice Department is suing the state of Georgia over its new voting law, saying that the controversial measure is intended to restrict ballot access to black voters. Our complaint alleges that the recent change Changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color in violation of Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, Garland said at a news conference. <coughs> Excuse me. The lawsuit marks the first major action from the Biden administration to combat a series of new restrictive voting measures passed by Republican-led state legislators. And it came on the 8th anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court decision to gut another key provision of the Landmark Voting Rights Act, Section 5. That's where we'll start, 347-850-1272. Hold on. <coughs> you know when you get something in your throat, like, good God, I'm trying to get through this without coughing all over the mic. Oh, Lord. I announced before the break <clears throat> that uh, we had uh, Jackie in the house, so let's bring her in. Good morning, Jackie. Welcome in. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everyone doing? Well, everyone is uh, scrumptious, Jackie. Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Doesn't when Jackie comes in? Doesn't she sound like she's saying, "Good morning, class. My name is Miss Miss Jackie, and welcome to third grade." She sounds like my third grade teacher every time she comes on the show. Very pleasant, I might add. Then when so where's much, my apples, then? Well, I have to get this frog out of my throat first, and then we'll think about getting your apple together. Also, uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I've been better, but I'm doing well. I think all of us are doing well. Good morning. uh, Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to the man. All right, so. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Vanessa. Vanessa's there, right? She is in the house. Yep. Good morning. All right. So let's start with uh, the uh, Justice Department suing the state of Georgia. Now, this is something people have been asking for because Republican-led legislators, like I said at the top, they're putting in all these different laws to try to prevent uh, or try to address something that all experts have said didn't happen. This is a lie that Donald Trump told. Uh, man, God, I said his name. I was trying not to say his name today. But this is a lie that the former president told about election fraud. And these gov- these Republican-led states are putting all these rules in place to combat a problem that doesn't exist. So since we haven't heard from you, Jackie, let's give you uh, – let's talk to you first. What do you think about this? And as far as the Justice Department – how do you feel that now the Biden administration is starting to get involved in this? Because, you know, most experts say if the states, if the federal government doesn't do anything about this, then states are just going to go crazy and just do what the heck they want to do. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, it's obvious that there's no question trying to suppress 
like they like they've been doing. I mean, with, with the foolishness with the election to to begin with, and <laughs> they just really hating that Georgia turned blue. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, they're constantly trying to do what they can to suppress our, our voting rights. And yeah, if something ain't done, you know, they're gonna try to implement this in everywhere. I mean, with Georgia and with what y'all going through in Texas as well, I mean, it's just going to be a snowball if somebody doesn't step in. Yeah, I agree with that. Jerome, your thoughts on uh, what's happening with uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland and the Biden administration taking these actions to prevent states from continuing to uh, create laws to restrict uh, voting access to uh, pe- for people of color? Well, I mean, I don't really know where to, where to start with this, but it's just kind of, you know, expected that, you know, they would do their job. I mean, it's obvious to everybody or should be obvious to everybody what those states are doing and what they have been doing. They've been doing the same thing with abortion rights and stuff. They're just whittling away at laws. And we keep discussing them, you know, discussing their actions, like their actions um, have, like, dual meanings or something. We know, you know, exactly what they're doing with voting, right? And this is coming from one side, and everybody else is keeping quiet, um, you know, just kind of like seeing what the Justice Department's going to do. Everybody should be really upset about this. But we are relying on a system to fix itself which I have no confidence in, which none of us should. The history, you know, tells us that this does not work out for us. So long as we – it was kind of like when Obama was in office, for example, that people kind of said, oh, things are going to change because Obama's there. It didn't. It got worse in certain areas, right? And so we need to, as citizens, start to put our discontent into action. You know, we need to – I mean, I know we're talking about voting rights, but we need to get more involved. And so when those people lie to you, vote their butts out of office. When you know that Republicans are doing that, stop saying every year, you know, I think it's even, like it's a horse race. You know, oh, are they going to take back the Senate? Don't think that people forget what actions those guys are doing um, to con- to keep power. That is their goal. That is the the construct of white supremacy anyway is that whatever keeps control um, keeps power, they will break any rule or any law just to maintain power and then want you to abide by those same laws. So even when we talk about, you know, just like in your first segment and talking about the sentencing of, of, of um, that police officer, the problem is, is that jury nullification is always in play when it comes to white police officers. And we, as a society, need to get over this to do, have some kind of um, expectation that we have to correct this system. The system is not going to correct itself. So when it comes down to voting, Merrick Garland and what they're doing is what they should be doing, right? We can't give them – I would like to give them a pat on the back because the last administration was so corrupt that we would like to say, oh, this is more normal. But just like with Joe Manchin, 
you can still have white folks that are Democrats who are going to hold down status quo of of white supremacy and oppression in this country, and they're going to act like it's a procedural issue, or we just need to go let the system work for us. They're going to use all of those terms when the Republicans are breaking laws and doing very blatant things to stop black people from participating um, fully in in this society. And we need to see it for what it's worth and stop, you know, you know, sugarcoating and sidestepping around this stuff like this is a rational discussion of, of, um, of procedure. You know, we have laws and this and that. We have laws out there, um, when, even when we were talking about Trump, that that fool just went and sidestepped the mall and we're just waiting for him to go to court. Like, that's never going to happen. So, you know, um, hopefully, to, not even hopefully, just department need to do what they're supposed to do. And again, I don't have a lot of confidence in it because they never, it never, that system usually runs aground when it comes to prosecuting white folks. And they'll say, oh, it's a state's right issue opposed to a federal issue. But the federal has to step in when the states are showing their butt. And apparently all the Republican controlled states are showing their butt. Interesting. So, Vanessa, uh, do you agree? Now, Jerome said something I thought was interesting. He talked about not giving them a pat on the back because this is just their job. They have to do their job. And, uh, you know, and, and when he said it that way, I'm like, huh, okay, he's right about that. So, you know, we shouldn't be giving them no undue credit. This is something that they're supposed to do. This is just a part of their charge. So uh, that being said, what are your thoughts on this particular topic? Well, let me, let me, I want to make sure I heard Jerome say this. Jerome, did you say that you didn't think that Trump or a Trump representative would be in court? That you didn't think that he was going to be in court over anything? Is, did I, I'm trying no, to get no, no, no. I'm saying that they, they drag their prosecution to a point where it, it, they can water it down, right? So our expectations won't be so emotionally charged. So they'll drag this stuff on for years, and then they'll let them off. Whereas if a black person did something like that, they just uh, get it right in the moment. You know, that whole lynch mob mentality. They'll be like, let's get them, let's prosecute them, and they're done. White folks have the privilege of dragging stuff out, and so we don't um, see these things the same, like what they're trying to do with the people who, the insurrectionists. Same thing. Republicans are now saying, oh, it wasn't that bad, right? Because the longer you draw it out, the more people act like they have some kind of fatigue Right, like, you know, no, it didn't really happen that so way. So do you think that they're going to draw it out where they, where he's going to still be able to run for office the next term? Because I don't. I don't think that, that he's going to get to run. I don't think that that black uh, uh, district attorney lady awarded is that really can't stand him. Patricia James. It's going to that happen. So I'm not, I agree with you, but I agree with you to a fault that, I don't think it's going to happen so long and so far when he stole a charity's money from disabled children. I just don't think that that's going to get, that everything that he has done is going to get washed under the carpet and that he just, nothing happens to him. So when well, I say nothing, think about it this I mean, way. I mean, so it. let me finish. So when I say nothing, not only do I not mean some kind of jail time, which I don't think he might not really get a whole lot of that. They might just do a little bit to appease us. But I I do believe that if nothing else, they're going to 
block him with so many fines and stuff that it's going to be, it's just really going to drain him financially when he's already drained. Again, so, I, I'm saying, I mean, I I'm saying they water down justice when it comes to white folks. They folk always like have this. done that. So no, no, and they always will do that yep. point. So Merrick Garland, for example, you know the woman who, who um, said that he raped her, for example, right? As they went to prosecute, they want, the judge wanted to put out some documents that they've been holding out on because the Justice Department and the bar would not turn over or, or they blacked out some of the documents. So the judge said to the Merrick Garland folks, oh, you know what, that doesn't make any sense. Give us that information. And they are fighting it. Like, they are still fighting something illegal that Trump did because they don't want to give up documents from the Justice Department because Barr said that they shouldn't give it to them. They're they're maintaining the same system. And all I'm saying is that I'm not saying that there won't be some kind of day in court. I'm saying they drag it out long enough so that they can water it down to give the minimum of whatever prosecution that they can ever give anybody. So I'm not saying that, you know, Letitia James and the combination, think about what's going on in New York. The Southern, um, U.S. Southern District um, Court in New York is partnering with um, New York State Attorney General and to some degree the um, Manhattan DA. Now, so Letitia James, that's the civil, right? The criminal stuff is falling on Manhattan DA's part, which actually has the U.S. attorney involved. The U.S. attorney is essentially kind of backing out of it right now. So so instead of them using the full um, might of this government to prosecute Trump, that federal part is like pulling out of it. What kind of nonsense is that? That means the Garland um, folks are actually helping maintain status quo. And they're not prosecuting Trump to the fullest. That's all I yeah. mean. All right. Well, all right. Good stuff. All right. We got to go. 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. America is starting to breathe again. A decent man as president. A plan to protect us. It feels almost normal. But it's not. Republicans still will not admit that President Biden was legally elected, which means they don't believe in democracy. They believe an election is only legitimate if they win. That's not democracy. Their plan? Pass voter suppression bills to block minorities from voting. Take back Congress. Impeach President Biden. We refuse. We refuse to accept the end of the American experiment. We refuse to allow anti-democratic autocrats to steal our country. We choose to fight, and we will not lose. Join us.
Republicans, of course, unifying to filibuster Democrats' sweeping election overhaul and voting legislation. Now, Democrats insist this is not the end of the road. You heard Senator Schumer there. Uh, he said after the vote that Democrats were going to exhaust every option they had to continue fighting for voting rights. Vice President Harris, who was presiding over that vote, you heard her voice there announcing that failure to 50-50, un unable to get 60 votes. Take a listen to what she had to say just after that vote. The bottom line is that the President and I are very clear. We support F1. We support the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And the fight is not over. Now the question is where exactly Democrats go from here. The preferred option for progressives was that they would vote to abolish the filibuster and simply push through the legislation uh, on a majority vote basis. That is not happening. There are several holdouts in the Democratic caucus who support keeping the filibuster, one of whom, Senator Joe Manchin, I spoke to just as he was walking off the Senate chamber. He has not changed his position on the filibuster. Where does that leave Democrats now? They could try to repackage the bill, pull out some smaller components of it. Manchin told me that he was talking to Republicans about a separate piece of legislation, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, uh, which would restore a portion of the 1965 Voting Rights Act that the Supreme Court gutted several years ago. There is some possibility that they could restore a formula through which states would have to pre-clear their laws. That too, Shep, is going to be a steep uphill climb in the Senate because most Republican senators I speak to simply say the federal government should not be getting involved in this. They are okay with the restrictive voting laws that states like Georgia and Florida are pursuing. It's a massive difference with Democrats, and it's very difficult to see that Venn diagram overlap with what Democrats want, which is a federal standard. Things like 15 days of early voting guaranteed in every state, automatic uh, voter registration, uh, universal access to mail-in voting. Republicans are simply not interested in this stuff, and as long as the filibuster remains, it's going to be a very difficult uh, uphill climb for Democrats to get any of these through. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's four minutes after the top of the hour. You're listening to the Serious Side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. So the so-called For the People Act was a test vote for Democrats in their fight to pass federal voting reform legislation. With the defeat of that legislation in the Senate, they they are now looking to push for a passage of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Vice President Kamala Harris told reporters on Tuesday that she and President Biden intend to continue to push for voting reform, including the John Lewis Voting 
Rights uh, Act, which is likely to come to the Senate floor later this year. Nearly two dozen states across the country have enacted laws that make it harder to vote. If passed, the act could reverse some of the restrictions passed by these states. This is somewhat of a little bit of a continuation of what we talked about before. Uh, let, me, let me go to you, John, since we didn't hear from you in the last segment. What is amazing to me is how people, uh, legislators, are trying to take away a person's fundamental right to vote because they know, they is in the GOP, they know that if everything was equal, and I remember Jerome giving us this stat a while back. I can't remember the exact percentage. Maybe he can elaborate on that a little later in the segment. But talked about how the majority of the country for the last X amount of years have voted Democratic. And if they didn't have all these different gerrymandering things in place and, you know, the, the Republicans are, you know, once again, most of the, of the, the country has voted Democratic, but yet most of the gubernatory uh, seats are held by Republicans. So what's amazing to me, John, is how they are trying to take away a basic right for people to vote. They're so big on the Constitution, but yet and still they're trying to do things to restrict or limit some of the rights that we were promised as citizens of this country. Give me your thoughts on this. You are exactly right in the, them being big on the Constitution. If you flip parties some 243 years ago when the Constitution was wrote, the Constitution was wrote not to be inclusive of minorities. Um, when you look at the three-fifths clause, when you look at the fact that the population was based off of the number of citizens within your state, of course, it was convenient to include the slaves in the southern states, but not for the purpose of voting rights so that the southern states could get more representatives in the Congress, and that's that's where the beginning of it really started. So the truth of the matter is is that, you know, voting rights restrictions have been profound. Uh, one of the things that uh, we, we did this week here, we celebrated um, Joseph um, Lowry, and this was the gentleman who was the first person to be voted into the House of Representatives out of the state of of South Carolina in, in 1870. But then you, you look at the Reconstruction period. After the Reconstruction period, that's really when voter suppression started to be profound. That's when you had the Klan and you had all of these extremist groups going out, suppressing the votes. You came up with, you know, the state started coming up with these unlawful and, 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 and un, 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 unobtainable measures for blacks to vote. So it goes back to 1877. Now, of course, the Supreme Court didn't help in 2013 when, you know, they voted down a lot of the the um, amendments and a lot of the, the, the verbiage from the Civil Rights, well, the Voting Rights Act in, in uh, 65, in 1965. So here we have the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act, what, 43 states, I believe, have introduced some restrictive measures and it's all geared towards the minorities, and so this is this is the this this is the game plan, and uh, to suppress the votes of all people, okay, 
primarily, you know, they like to emphasize the fact that it's about minorities, uh, but it's also about young people who have overwhelmingly uh, grasped the verbiage and, and, and the policies of now the Democratic Party. So when you start taking away some of these early voting, um, you know, mail-in ballots, the Sunday votes, the time in which you vote, um, and then, of course, Georgia really got extreme where you're talking about can't bring water and some just just ridiculous stuff in order to make sure that we can get our our, our uh, constituents out where we set back and we just minimize or discourage people enough to where they don't feel the need to come out, and then we can perhaps steal a few seats here or there. Uh, look across the state. Look at the number of states that ended up losing seats and in this year because of the census report so strategically the you know the republican party now is in a is in a more advantageous state as their populace have kind of spread across the united states so they are dead set that in 2022 this is where you're going to have the full testament so if we don't get out and vote if we don't fight for these local these, these local politicians to, to have your voice at hand, then we're going to see a, a totally different outcome in 2022, which is pretty much already projected that, um, you know, the sitting uh, president, his party always loses seats. And, uh, you know, with, with, the mar- with the margins being so narrow as it is, uh, that can sway the course of power. And you, you, they've already got the federal courts. In most states, they've got the state courts. As you said, Jay, in most of the southern states or in the Midwest, you have now um, governors who are Republicans. So strategically, they have, they, they, that party has won at the, at the state levels, and now you're just seeing that resonating into now the federal levels and the federal court systems. Yeah. You know, Mr. Elias, the thing that always I trip on a lot is that how this moment stood out to me. Uh, This is when um, Elijah Cummings was alive. And I remember, I can't remember which committee it was, but uh, there was an exchange between Representative Meadows and and I can't think of the the congresswoman. She's a part of the squad. I can't remember her name. But there was an exchange where uh, he accused her of calling him a racist. And he talked about how, you know, him and Elijah Cummins are real good friends and, and all these different things. And you hear these colleagues talk about, oh, John Lewis was this esteemed whatever. But yet and still, a bill that has his name on it, these same white folks, white Republicans, they won't vote. On, they're going to block it. Do you honestly think that they're going to allow this bill to pass, Mr. Elias, in the Senate? No. No, that's why I can understand why Joe Manchin won't get and Christian Sinema won't get off their lazy asses and 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 get rid of the filibuster. I'm sorry, that that is just ridiculous to me. And hey, man, these 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 people, they don't to sit there and think that they're going to get bipartisanship from the Republican Party. You have got to be a special kind of dumb to think that. Because every time Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell says, "I I don't care. I'm going to. I'm 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 out to make this a one-term president." You got you got to be a special kind of dumb. You got to be. I'm sorry. You know, and for and for and Chris is sending the right that I said, talking about talking about how you know they they need to work with, with bipartisanship. 
This is like they don't want to work with you. They do not want to work with you. So go on about your day and do what you got to do. It's done. I'm sorry, man. You know, um, you know. Okay, now listen. Now here's what, Jackie. Let me let me get your thoughts on this, and I want to get um, Vanessa's thought on it. You know, Krista Silva. She said the reason why she's not, and I'm paraphrasing her. She said the reason why she's not going to, uh, she's not in favor of getting rid of the filibuster. She said, so what happens when Republicans get in the office? They'll have the ability with a fifty, you know, with a fifty fifty plus one vote to really do damage. Say what, what Mr. Elias? But now? okay, but okay, okay, but hold on, Mr. Elias. But 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 this is what this is why she says she's not in favor of it because what happens when the Republicans are back in power and then they can just you know so she basically is saying listen in order for us to prevent these people from really going you know you know buck wild if we get rid of it what happens when the Republicans are back in office because they're going to get back in power at some point in time then they're going to be able to do what the hell they want to. So, you know, Jackie, that being said, you know, once again, what really amazes me about this whole thing, especially the filibuster and, and all these different things that we continue to talk about, it just seems to me that even though Mitch McConnell is the minority leader, this guy still controls what happens in the Senate. And that's why people are calling for for an end to, to the filibuster. What's your thoughts on it? Um, uh, <laughs> I I don't know what else to say. I mean, if how many ways can you say the same thing? <laughs> They're doing whatever they can to try to suppress our votes or whatever we need to do to stop them from doing that. That's what we need to do. Okay, well that's fair enough. All right, let, let, let me. Okay, look, let me go to you. Okay, Vanessa, let me ask you a more poignant question, because I know throwing it out there, you know, you just have to have your thoughts on it. If it's something that you're following, you'll be able to respond to it very quick. But let me just put it: do do you see where Kristen, where where um, where what's her name, Kristen, where she's coming from? Do you understand why she is holding out on? Uh, getting rid of the uh, filibuster. Do you get what she's saying? Does it make sense what she's saying to you? No, I don't understand why they just won't get rid of it, period. Just get rid of it. That's what is stupid. Does that make sense? But she's, say- I mean, like, but she's saying, like, though. But, but, to- mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, people used to get and stand up there in tennis shoes and a, and and uh and diaper panties and oh and barely drink water, like put a piece of ice in their mouth. What are because, diaper panties? What, what, what do you mean, adult diapers? You know, <laughs> diaper you know those silhouettes that they have for women and the pins they have for men. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> okay. that, that they stand up there for hours. They used to stand up there for hours uh, and right. talk about something. I think all of that... Stupid! They need to get rid of that. They just need to get rid of this stupid old stuff. They need to stop. They need to have term limits. I mean, it's a lot of this legislative stuff that just needs to change. It's just been around too long. Like Miss McConnell, them should have been gone. I like Pelosi, but Pelosi, oh Pelosi should have been gone. They need to have term limits 
so that you won't have the same people in there for a hundred years doing the same super rules. No, I agree with that. I really said. truly believe. Yeah, yeah, because I remember us talking about, uh, it makes all the sense in the world, I remember seeing uh, last year on the show how I was doing research, and I went back and found clips from 1980, and they were pretty much saying the same damn things that they're saying now. And I'm like, okay, so the, so the common denominator is that most of these people, when I, you know, I mean, we're talking 20 years back or, they're you know, whatever the case may be, but they're still there. And so it's like, that's the problem. You know, they can just outlast the president. You know, so, so Jerome, do you, you know, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about this. Does she make sense, Kristen Sinema, what she's saying? She's saying if we relinquish it now, what happens when the Republicans are back in power? We have no way of stopping them from pushing their agenda across if we get rid of the filibuster. Do you agree? Do you see what she's saying, and what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> Um, I'm trying not to get smart is why I'm laughing. Please do. I mean, come on, everybody, come on. People have been knowing you forever. Come on, man, don't change your personality, dog. Do your thing. Are you calling me sarcastic, Jay? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, you know, you can't be, but so can I. That's, well, that's, yeah. that's a positive trait of ours, man. Well, okay, well, um, first of all, that she's being dumb, right, because she thinks that we okay. don't just remember last year and the year before when they got rid of the filibuster and put all those judges in there. What do you think yeah. they're going to do? What Boom. they did last time oh, wow. when they didn't have That's a good pull, bus. brother. That's a good pull there. Kudos. Right. Wow. So it sounds like a trick question. If somebody asks wow. you, if somebody says to you, well, what do you think they're going to do when they get in office? It's like, yeah, the same thing they did when they were in office last time. So what That's do you the same do? thing I was saying. What are they doing now? They've been doing it for the longest. Right. Like, mm. Stop. And, and that's what I said to you before about – those blue dog Democrats who stopped universal health care from going through, right? Yep. Or, or looking at yep. Joe Manchin, you still have people holding down the fort for um, for white for like white suppress white supremacy, and they don't give mm-hmm. a damn about oppressing everybody else across the board. So right. Kristen Cinema, even though she's a Democrat, people don't realize that you get conservative people who run as Democrats. And then when it's time for them to do something a little bit more progressive, them white folks will stop that from happening. And so we need to be honest with ourselves when it comes down to it. There is no such thing as Democrat or Republican when it comes down to policies related to that has anything to do with race or equity. There is no such thing. There is something to do with the pathology of those people who have power and the people who don't. And there's Democrats on that side, Nancy Pelosi included, and Chuck Schumer included. Because if we go back and look at some of the stuff that they were holding out on and that they watered down, you'll see that they did the same doggone thing. Now, I'm not saying that so that, young folks, you guys give up hope. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that we have to call it out when we see it. So when people get mad at um, – Alexandria, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, like, when they get mad at her, they're mad at her for something else. She's not holding down status quo of the old guy that she got out of office, out of Queens, right? So now she's the enemy not just of Republicans but of Democrats. But what is she the enemy of, just for merely bringing up questions, merely saying some things that make everybody else feel like um, their world is going to change? That's what... That's what the problem is. 
Nobody wants anything to change for the better. So everybody always frightens folks across the board for negative. So Christine Cinema, um, she doesn't even make sense. You know, I know you're not supposed to use. Well, that's retarded to me. I don't. I don't care whether people can use that word or not. I'm just saying that that is a. That's a defect. That's what retardation is. That so that's a that's a defect that we need to deal with in certain people and politicians that want to hold down status quo who uses other arguments to keep things in place. It needed to go a long time ago. And if you knew why it was there, you know, after reconstruction, like why people mm-hmm. put the filibuster there to maintain power, then technically getting rid of it, you're still allowing those people in those smaller states to maintain power over everybody else. And that's what she's holding on to, keeping the system intact. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, I mean, that, that that was a good pull on those judges. I completely forgot about that, and and you're absolutely correct. Uh, when we're when we're man, good stuff, man, good stuff. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're gonna step out, take a break. We'll be right back after this. More to come. Don't you go anywhere. It's the serious out on a beautiful Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best.
are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Oh, yeah, welcome back in. 347-8501272. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best you know what time it is. It's time to say good morning to your favorite on-air personalities. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday to everybody. To everybody. You put some effort in saying everybody. Okay. What's up, Jackie? Good morning. I am doing well. Happy Sunday to everybody. The man from the Carolinas, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I would like to take time to make one correction. That was Joseph Rainey. I said Joseph Lowry. Uh, but it was Joseph Rainey. I do apologize. He was the first uh, African-American from the House of Representatives back in 1870. Oh, look at you. Look at that guy. See, like, see, see, see what they do, folks. See how the smartest, one of the smartest men I know. And speaking of the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is freezing house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding, man. You had a lot of mad people last week, brother. They were trying to, what's up, where are our show? I'm like, dude, I can't do it. Only Jerome can do that part of the show. I can't do that show after our show. That's Jerome. That's his stuff. I, I, you know, I can try, but I can never feel those big shoes. But uh, thank you for being in the house. Knock that out. No, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. You, you, you know, bro. It's, that's you, baby. I can't do that. That's no, I can't do it. I just don't have the skill set to do that. That's good stuff that you do every uh, Sunday uh, at the top of the last hour. All right, Mr. Elias is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning. Good morning to you. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Mama B. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music. That first song we played was Alina Brazak. Brazé and Gail Mason it says make you feel and the last song we paid was something real and that's called it's by a group called Seek and good morning my brother Jerome and good morning my brother Hawk. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to the people in the chat room if you don't mind sir? Uh, yes sir we have uh, Yard Jackie in there we have you know my main man Codina and Anon 321 and uh, we have our very own standing with us Jackie's in the house. I'm going to say what's up to my boy Rob Smooth, man. I miss that guy, man. Glad you're in the house. I also want to say what's up to the pastor. Mariana Music is in the place to be. I want to say what's up to James Corey uh, Donovan. That's a cool name. Uh, Patricia. What else we got up in here? We got a lot of people. So uh, I can't say y'all. I can't say, every, say hello to everybody. But hello, 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 hello. So Vanessa. You know what? People love just your folksy type of, you just keep it real. You got anything you want to share with us this morning? Because, you know, everyone's intrigued with the life and times and the travels of one Miss Vanessa Maybell from the Mackinac. So what you got, Vanessa? Okay, so this morning you played a commercial regarding a vaccine and being vaccinated. And it made yes. me think, oh, I need to tell them 
what happened? So uh, Carnival Cruise Line um, is doing test cruises uh, pre, I mean, to, to try to set protocol. Right. Do like since COVID. So some people had already had tickets on these particular cruises that they paid for, but then they came back and they offered um, free cruises to various people. Bobby and I were chosen to pick a seven-day, five-day cruise and follow uh, on Facebook Live this man who is in Australia who is over the, the people getting on the ship being vaccinated, the 5% they're not going to allow, they're not going to let them be children. So this person, we're following him and his instructions that they're giving us to be able to set up cruising. So for me, who takes three cruises a year, I am so excited to be one of the people to help set up the new rules that are going to be taking place. For people to be able to cool after COVID, am I? Look at you. Am I, am I, am I, no, I mean, I'm yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You make I'm sense. So yeah, you, yeah. I know you are. You getting a free cruise? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, yeah, that's what no, you're doing. Okay, no, I've got <laughs> cruises before, but, but uh, yeah, yeah. The best free cruise. Look, look uh, now, wait. But this free cruise came with drinks all over the ship. Two hundred dollars uh, spending money in the casino, uh-huh. and then away. But People on my cruise for August, everybody has to be vaccinated. And if they're not vaccinated, they can't go. They want to see how that's going to work. Then the ones that do lie, all of them don't have to be necessarily vaccinated. And then they will decide in September, October, from then on, uh, how they're going to set it up. And for those of you that are listening to me, and I'm going to finish it with this. Those of you that are listening to me and y'all cruise, y'all know those drills where you have to stand with that life jacket and everybody stand bunched up together. They're not going to be having that because of COVID. So on my cruise, they're going to be setting up the protocol to do it via your telephone. It's so computerized. So we are so excited to be a part of the rollout of that section of, of safety and security of the cruise. So I'm so wow. excited. We're excited for you, Vanessa. And so the next time I get on a cruise boat, I will think that, you know what, because of you, I am safe. So tell you and Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, we got to keep it moving. Nice thank yeah, you whatever. for allowing me to do that, Jay. Thank you. You, you got to thank me. This is your show as well. All right. Online radio at its best. Tonight, the Senate voted to confirm Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson to sit on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, often regarded as the second highest court in the land. Three Republican senators, Graham, Collins, and Murkowski, joined all 50 Democrats in elevating Judge Jackson to the seat formerly held by the Attorney General, Merrick Garland. 
Jackson becomes the first appeals court judge of Biden's presidency and only the ninth African-American woman to ever serve as a federal appeals court judge. During his 2020 campaign, Biden pledged that if given the chance, he would nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. Judge Jackson is considered to be near the very top of Biden's shortlist should a seat open up on the highest court. Prior to becoming a judge herself, Jackson clerked for Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, who's currently facing calls to step down from some liberals who worry about a repeat of what happened in 2016 when Republicans blocked President Obama from filling Justice Scalia's seat. On that front, we got some less than surprising news today from Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell about his plans in the event of a Supreme Court vacancy. When asked if he would allow Biden to have a Supreme Court pick in 2024 if Republicans took control of the Senate next year, McConnell said, quote, I think it's highly unlikely. In fact, no. Of course, McConnell didn't have a problem confirming Trump's third Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, just eight days before the 2020 election. In today's interview, McConnell, McConnell would not even commit to letting Biden have a Supreme Court pick in 2023 either should Republicans control the Senate at that time, which is not only mind-blowingly unfaithful to the United States Constitution, but is sure to ramp up the pressure on the 82-year-old Breyer to retire even more. So as Rachel would, space, would say, watch this space. All right, um, you know, I tell you what, Mitch McConnell, this guy, did you hear what Ali Velchi just said, one of my favorite commentators on MSNBC, by the way? You know, so this guy is saying that basically, well, if the opening happens, we're probably not even going to entertain. How the hell is this even legal, Jerome? I mean, how can, I don't get this. You know, and this is something I've never understood. If the Constitution gives the president the authority to do this, how can a freaking bastard in the damn Senate hold it up? To me, that makes this man more powerful than the president of the United States. It is a blatant, it is a blatant, uh, 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 they're, uh, they're not even con considering the damn Constitution. I mean, what, what the hell is this, man? So why so why are we getting mad at Miss McConnell for being well, a Well, man, because this Jerome, 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 no, this no, guy. No, I mean, the Constitution says, how the hell can he just? Oh, well, we're not going to do it. I, why is there not something in place to say, oh no, you can't? Come on, come on. So why aren't you, so why aren't you mad at um, whatever her name? Mark, what is her name? Um, the other women. Who? What's the um, Lisa Markowski and Markowski. and Bit Romney and all of those guys—they don't have to do what he says, mm -hmm. right? Where's their responsibility? You know, we have crazy people all over the place. But when let me let me ask you a real quick question. I'm sorry, everybody else, but I, I, I gotta understand this. So you said they don't have to do what he says. So no. okay, so, so they basically don't have to we're on party lines. Right, so they can actually make him ineffective as a speaker by saying, you know what, his ass is crazy. The 15 of us are going to vote regardless mm -hmm. of what he says to make sure that this guy gets his but, pay. But, it, but, but Jerome, if he's the Senate majority, 
But if he's the Senate What's majority that? leader, but if he's the Senate majority leader, Jerome, he they can vote can, his ass you know, off from being majority leader too. Well, they're not gonna do that. Okay, I see. Okay, so that's how you. Okay, that's the reason why you're saying basically not, why we're not I'm mad at them. They have some responsibility for holding this all up. So all of them share the responsibility. He is just the leader that they chose. So he's doing something that they all are keeping their mouth shut about and acting like it's not them. That dude's not on an island. M- Mitch McConnell being that brass and crazy and all of that other stuff, it is not the making of him just being a jerk, right? It is because they're allowing him to be a jerk. So only way you can do this is to say, you know what, we need to put pressure on the rest of them. Because just like what they do to black communities, they're like, hey, if you put Marion Barry back at mayor, we're going to defund your city. That's how you put pressure on people. So don't discount the rest of the pressure from all the Republicans. And when we call Republicans stupid and people say stuff like, not all of them, not all, yes, all of you who are supporting that nut are stupid. We need to call okay. them out. We've got to stop being passive like that man has power because he doesn't. Wow. Uh, well, you know, that's good. I'm glad. Okay, you, you, you crystallized it for me. Let me, let me, uh, John, uh, what's your thoughts on this week? Man, we're over, but I want to take an extra two minutes to, 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 to really kind of, you know, have a, a, a pretty decent class conversation about this topic. So real quick, man, give me your thoughts on this, man. Well, first off, let me say uh, congratulations to Ms. Vanessa for being a history maker and, 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 and a policy developer on, on how we travel. And I, I, certainly, I, I, I certainly share the sentiments with, with, with Brother Jerome. It really is incumbent upon those who swear to the Constitution, to uphold the Constitution, to go beyond this demagogue. Now, you, you, you take the 2020 elections, which is going to be instrumental. At this point in time, um, what the Supreme Court has to look at is do you want to have another um, Ruth Ginsburg, okay, where the yeah. person has probably aged out and, ju- you know, Justice Breyer is going to have to make the decision – Allow this to transition now because we understand after 2020, and if the paradigm shifts, then Mitch McConnell gets back to Senate, then there will be no bills that will be passed after that. So the bipartisanship that that is trying to be promoted now, you just got to get everything in that you perhaps can get in at this point in time to include any uh, Supreme Court uh, nomination. So at 82 years of age, at some point it's time to step down. Yeah, I agree with you. And this is, like you said, just this is almost like deja vu, Mastelius. I give you the last word, man. Thirty seconds, brother. Sorry. Well, you know, you know what, man? People ought to be tired of this obstructionist, man. They ought to be tired of him by now. I, you know, as a Republican, I'm like Jerome said, you ought to be tired of not passing a damn thing, and all you do is come to work and just sit there and just sit on your hands and don't pass anything. Or if you pass something, it's just for the ultra rich. So, look, man. That's why people people don't vote. They don't vote. They don't vote their interest. They vote what they think is their interest. Because if they voted their interest, they would never vote for the Republican Party. Because all they care about is the rich. Mm, good stuff. All right, we'll be right back after this. 
Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Favor, the delivery app for Texans. Download to get unlimited free deliveries on local restaurants, beer and wine, and more your first two weeks. Restrictions apply. Visit favordelivery.com slash promos for details. Favor, anything delivered. South Africa is tightening COVID lockdown measures as the Delta strain drives up a sharp rise in cases around Johannesburg, where infections are twice as high as they were during two earlier waves. Local officials are threatening to arrest people who fail to wear masks in public. Overall, cases in South Africa have risen from roughly 4,000 a day a month ago to 14,000 a day now. The highly contagious Delta strain, first identified in India, is now dominating in South Africa. The boss is helping bring back the lights of Broadway. After being shut down for more than a year because of the pandemic, New York's theater district reopened with Bruce Springsteen on stage. And NPR's Giles Snyder reports Springsteen fans were ready. Fans lined up outside the St. James Theater to see Bruce Springsteen kick off a 30-performance update of his solo show from 2017. Ethan Jordan was among them. Well, it means a lot because it's history, and people are going to get back to Broadway. People will come back to New York City. And this is my city, and I'm thrilled that Bruce has decided to lead the charge back to Broadway. The Springsteen concert was the first show on a Broadway stage in 471 days, the longest shutdown in Broadway history. Other major productions are set to start up again in September, including Hamilton, Wicked, and The Lion King. The Springsteen show did attract protesters, angry that only people who have had an FDA or WHO-approved vaccine were allowed to attend. Kyle Snyder, NPR News. I'm Amy Held in Washington, and you're listening to NPR News. Internal affairs investigations into police shootings, officer dishonesty, and sexual misconduct were secret in California until now. Listen to On Our Watch, a podcast from NPR and KQED. It is time for Pastor Steve's State Your Case, where we read comments from the world-famous chat room and from social media. All right, uh, Mr. LES man, do we have anything we want to uh, add from the world-famous chat room, my friend? No, we don't, Jay. There's nothing in there. All right, well, tell you what, I have some stuff to talk about. That's good, too, because we are up against the clock any day and going away. So let me read a couple comments here before we uh, get to our own final thoughts here. All right, uh, Pastor Pastor Stephen, uh, Pastor Steve, he says, look, peace and blessings, family, with all due respect to the, all the panelists, uh, but every week, that brother Jerome brings it. What a perfect mix of opinions on this show. That is why I think that this show is better than any other shows that are out there. You guys are a blessing. And as a listener, thank you for allowing us to be a part of y'all's conversation every week. Be blessed. Look at the pastor. Pastor, don't, don't receive that pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brother Jerome, would you like to say anything before I continue comments? Because the pastor just reaped so much praise upon you, my brother. You know what, I, I have to say thanks for that, because I don't think that my words have that much of an impact on anybody, so thanks for well, saying that, um, because I never words. think I'm missed. No, seriously, seriously, I'm okay. not saying that for a fact. I think that um, sometimes we all think that the things that we see everybody else see, sees, so we don't have to say anything. So I'm I'm glad he said that, and I'm thankful that he said it because I really kind of always 
feel like I shouldn't say anything. Like, even what I said today, you know, I hesitate on saying that. Cause I'm thinking it, it, it should be obvious to everybody. So thanks for saying that, because I, I get down on that um, quite often, actually. And I get yelled oh, okay. at about it as well in real life that I do that on uh, in other areas that, you know, people are still telling me to write. You know, I had, like, at least six people, separate people who don't know each other, tell me to write a book about race, which I'm really hesitant on doing. But they are, these women generally are convinced me that it's necessary that some things need to be said. And they probably well. do. All right, Gerald. Well, let me see. Can I find a derogatory comment so we can just kind of balance it out? I'm not. I'm just joking with you. All right, Russell <laughs> from Boston. <laughs> you, you're exactly listen to negative. Now you. Now you're really wrong. <laughs> that's oh not God! All right, Russell from Boston. Whatever. All right, Russell from Boston, Massachusetts. Why are y'all so surprised by the actions of the GOP? They are racist. Period. If you are a black Republican, you are Uncle Tom. Period. I am tired of this expletive. Thank you, Russell. Mariana Music, Mr. L.E.S., look at you showing your musical range. I love, love, love the music this morning. Got me dancing on the Sunday morning. God forgive me. Jay, my daddy was so happy to hear you acknowledge him last Sunday. He loved you more than I do. Really? What's going on, Mr. Mary, Mr. Mister uh, Pops, Mariana Pops, whatever his name is? How you doing? Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. there you go, Pop. You know, Papa Music. Yeah, Papa Music. Thank you so much, sir, for listening and uh, appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate your lovely daughter, Jamika from Pasadena. Says, "Good morning, guys. When will Officer Watson be back on the show?" That's a damn good question, Jamika. I'll check in with her and see if she's available. Uh, Donovan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I usually just listen, but I felt compelled to comment on the voter suppression laws. They ain't right. Uh, that's it, uh, Donovan. Well, great. Thank you for your comments. <laughs> that was, hey, man, that says it all. I thought he was going to say something long and drawn out. This guy was like, they ain't right. No, okay, I mean, you're they right. right. They ain't that right. says it all. He of little words. Thank you so much, brother, for those comments. <laughs> our, our listener, I don't, you know what? Well, you could be a brother and be white, right? I guess. All right. You know what time it is. <laughs> Online radio at its best. All right, it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, Miss Vanessa May Bell, you are on the clock. Final thoughts. <laughs> my final thoughts are I am so ready to be in church with my tambourine this morning. I am really filled with spirit. I've been showing this all weekend. <laughs> and. and I just want y'all to know that it is okay to dance on a Sunday morning because I'm on my way to church too. She danced to Christian music. She danced hey. to heathen music. Hallelujah. It's a difference. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. She's yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God made it all, baby. God made it all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, stop it, Celia. That's have what heathens say to justify it. Okay, Vanessa. Love you. Be safe. All right, Jackie, <laughs> final thoughts. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for allowing me to participate this morning. I mean, what else can you say from all these stories that we did today? We just got a lot of work to do still as a country. I mean, and it ain't right, it ain't right. <laughs> what did Donovan say? That ain't right. 
<laughs> Bottom line, mm-hmm. that seems to be the theme of all the stories we covered in this in this show. We just yeah. still got a lot of work to do, people. And don't mm-hmm. get weary. Don't get weary. Keep up the fight because you're worth it. Take care and have a wonderful and blessed Sunday. Well, thank you, Oprah. We appreciate your words of wisdom. All right. <laughs> the brother from the Carolinas who happens to be in my home state, uh, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Yes, indeed. Well, I tell you what, I'm in your home state, but I will never go to your hometown because it's a little rough. So, hey, back in the day, I remember the stories that Jay used to tell me about y'all and the trials and tribulations and Gary. So I'm, I'm very well away. You know, there was a time I would have. Travel that way because I've got a little older. I, I don't take that risk. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, wow. But as, as, as usual, I, I thank you all for this opportunity. Uh, Miss Vanessa, travel safe uh, for everybody. Again, uh, God's will, our purpose. We will see you next week, and thank you. Hey, man, so listen, before we move on, little little Johnny D, man, is, is he really hooping, man? I need to see some clips of him, man. I, I want to see him play. You know what? That that will be forthcoming. Like I say, man, proud of him. Uh, he is doing some, some good things, and the team is doing some good things. So, uh, like I said, I'm just proud of him and, and, and all the rest of my children, man. So thank God for them. Uh, he's not wearing number eight, is he? No, no, he he can't handle number eight, Jay. Yep. Oh, stop it. You know what? Stop it. You know, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> you stop this nonsense right now. You stop this nonsense right now. Thank God he's not wearing number eight. You stop this nonsense right now. This guy thought he was, he thought he was the next Michael Jordan of Europe, Mr. Elias. That's how this guy said anyway. All right, Jerome, final thoughts, man. <laughs> No, I, I don't have um, really any final thoughts, but I got bumped off the program. I thought Jay kicked me out after the comments oh, that I you got. Need to so stop, I have, bro. But, you know better than that. You know better than that. Hey, <laughs> no I got bumped out. And I was like, wait, wait, what happened? I get out. <laughs> no, off the show? Fine, I'm, I'll have no, com- no, no comments today. That's it. I'm good. Yeah, all right, whatever. You know, man, there ain't nothing I won't do for you, boy. Stop that, black man. All right, the man who gets the first and last word on the on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, man. Final thoughts. Well, you know something, man? I, I always think of Vanessa on Sunday mornings when I get up and water the plant that she sent me when my mom passed away. And I just started that because I just watered it. And Vanessa, I just want to publicly say thank you, baby, and I love you. And, folks, if you don't vote, well, her, let, me, let me rephrase that. Her and her husband, her lovely husband, Bobby. Um, get out and vote, folks. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. Because we don't have a voice right now. They're trying to take away our voice. They're trying to silence us. They're trying to take us back and, and history. So for all you folks who don't think that your vote counts or it's important, why are they trying to take it away from you? you got to remember that. 
I'm not sure if Bobby Jones appreciate being called lovely, but I get what you're saying. All right, so uh, <laughs> my final thoughts are simple. I just appreciate my uh, radio family. I appreciate everyone that's uh, that listens to us. You don't have to get up and spend your Sunday mornings with us, um, but you do. And so, you know, I just want to say thank you. And, Pastor, I appreciate what you said, but, you know, ditto. It goes both ways. I think it's a, I think it's a back and forth. Uh, we just try to give you our honest opinions every Sunday. And, you know, there's no uh, filter. It's just this is who we are. This is what we think. And so we appreciate that you take the time to engage us, uh, you know, to listen to what we have to say. And uh, so for that, all I can do is say thank you. And on that note, Mr. – oh, and one last thing, just uh, thoughts and prayers to the people who are going through what they're going through in Miami. That is just tough. Really? And, uh, it's just unfortunate, man. It really is. I just – I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I need an infrastructure bill. That is why we need that infrastructure bill. So, yeah, so absolutely. There you go. But, it, but, but, but listen, come on, man. It, it, Congress didn't act when those kids got killed at Sandy, Sandy Hook. You thought if you were yeah. going to pass gun legislation, the fact you're watching, the fact that you see slaughtered three and four year olds, that would make these people do, and they didn't do a damn thing. So this country is just whacking. You know, Jack, you find me a place over in the French area, and we can, you know, I'm coming over there hanging out with you. All right, I'm Ms. working Elliot. on it, brother. I'm working on it. I tell Work you, on it, girlfriend. What can I say? I told you how to get your passports together. I have my passport already. So, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday mm-hmm. and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the day, Ralph Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you. So, for John, for Vanessa, for Jackie, for Jerome, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Riles, and have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Riles Show. Coming up next on a need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Keep it locked. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me what you want me to do. Every time I hear that music, boy, I just start getting fired up. It is time for on a need-to-know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Man, Jerome, what is going on this morning, my brother? Not much, man. Just us chilling. Ain't <laughs> Brother, man, from the fifth floor. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, man. We just, just chilling. Man. So, this- since the world's been crazy and new, sometimes you just have to take a day off. It's like, I'm, I'm just, um, you know, I, I thought about you today because, you know, I don't have any unconfirmed black history for you today. Oh, oh damn. No. See, I'm gone, dude. That's the reason why I hang around. Bye. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, I, I thought about it, and again, if the pastor didn't come on, we probably would stop having them. Again, I'm thinking. <laughs> so I will, I will do what I can to have an unconfirmed black history. But you missed a couple of them. I just don't know which ones you missed. 
Well, I, hold on now. I, I, I've heard all of them. I mean, I'm almost certain okay. I've heard all of them. Yeah, I mean, okay. I may not have been on, but I'm, like, making a point to be on now when you do them. But, yeah, oh. they, they're funny as hell. Yeah, geez. Yeah, see, I thought I thought you were gone and you kept missing them. I'm like, Jay, that hasn't heard, heard the old one, so. Ah, we'll uh, go, go back and just, go, you were just telling me to go back and get those. Hey, man, just no, rewind no, 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 and no. go back and find I'm those. Saying, <laughs> but I'm, saying, I'm saying that. I was trying to keep a, a mental count of what you missed so that if I oh. did run out, I'd tell you one that you missed. But oh, you okay. Them. I pretty yeah. much heard them all, yeah. Pretty much heard them all. Okay, so. well. All right, so I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to work on that. I'll, I'll get you, um, I, I'll, um, you know, I'm working on, you know, the research department is finding yes. out the origin of beating the brakes off somebody, so I'm going to figure out what the <laughs> <laughs>
analyzed blood samples of people from across the country who had not received the COVID diagnosis. They estimate that almost 17 million cases were missed nationwide. Mm. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. For every COVID-19 case detected in the spring and the summer of 2020, there were 4.8 undiagnosed infections. Mm. So, of course, younger Americans, people of color, and those in the northeast and mid-Atlantic regions were all more likely to have had COVID antibodies. Um, they, they're lining up with known patterns of the virus in the U.S. So, uh, I think even not having young people get vaccinated now, a lot of young people probably ran across that virus. If we're talking 17 million cases were missed. Yeah. Now, they're saying that states that re- that quickly reopened during the pandemic or during the spring and summer 2020 saw COVID hospitalizations um, rates increased by 50% within one month, according to a new study. Wow. So states that closed, mm. uh, that chose to reopen their economy during the spring suffered an increase in hospitalization rates, um, though deaths did not follow suit. So you know what the Republicans were doing? They were saying, like in Florida, they were like, oh, the death rate fell. But they're not counting the people who got COVID. Mm. That rate went up, but as long as the death rate went down, they don't care. Like, you good. <laughs> now, I don't know wow. how this, but the largest um, health care union in the United States says it will, it will oppose mandatory COVID-19 vaccines for workers at hospitals. I don't know what I think about uh, 1199, the SEIU, the nation's largest healthcare worker union, is opposed to vaccine mandates at hospitals, setting the stage for a legal battle between the unions and dozens of hospitals across the U.S. I don't know hmm. what I think about this. I don't either, to be honest. Yeah, it, it has to well, be kind of, what you say? No, you know, that just kind of workers have to get the vaccine shot. Yeah. Well, you know, if, they, if you're going to be confronted with that stuff and you don't have it, it is, and you die, what happens then? Yeah, but you know, facility is on the hospital if you get COVID while you're in the hospital as well. Mm, right? So if you're there, they're covering care of you, you get COVID. How come they're not liable mm-hmm. for that? Yeah. Now, okay, so well, this is tough because, you know, I and I have never gone, but, you know, when you go to other countries like Haiti and all these other, they make you get shot. Mm-hmm. Like you have so to you get back, yeah. that you get back mm-hmm. vaccinated before you go, and you have to do that like three weeks or so before you go. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had to when I went overseas. Did you? Okay, see, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of looking at it like that to say that if you're going to work around vulnerable populations, you like it's not about you, and and this is how I kind of think of it personally anyway. When it comes to vaccines, if it was up to me, I would not get a vaccine. But mm. when you around seniors and elders, when you can spread and kill them, I don't think that that's not a good place to be. Your right. response: make sure you're not making other people sick. So you need to prove that you don't have that virus before you go see your elders 
or you need to get a vaccination because it's going right. to so you You're know right 100% right yeah so I don't know how I feel about that I, I I believe in people's right not to do stuff if they you know if they choose not to but you cannot impose that on other people mm-hmm. like this this thing is way too ages for um for folks just to say I just don't want to do it because if that person right. You can trace it back to the person, and it is somebody in that hospital that made you sick. They'll be able to sue the hospital, so they probably should be yeah. fired. Yeah. Right. You don't. You don't have yeah. to get the shot, but you don't have to work there. Yeah. Both yeah. Them, right. You don't have to work there. Yeah. That's that's one of their uh, that's one of their um, their protocols. So you'll work there. Hey, you got to yeah. take a drug test before you work someplace. That's yeah. one of their protocols, and that's one of their protocols. Yep. And, and again, you and anybody who's listening to the show know that you and I are not big on vaccinations. It ain't our thing. But, but but we don't have a right to actually hinder anybody else's choices either. So if mm-hmm. I'm at a hospital, I would like to know that the person that's treating me is safe. Because if I don't have anything but the person that's bringing me a doggone aspirin is contagious, I think I want to know that. Exactly. You know, I, I think early on they did a good job of screening people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, like as long as they do a good job screening them, then technically I, you'll be okay. But um, there's no guarantee these days. You know how this goes. Exactly. Yeah. So Johnson and Johnson has agreed. Speaking of Letitia James, I know we talked about New York State and prosecuting the Trump stuff. But Letitia James still is not playing. Johnson & Johnson agreed to pay $230 million to New York State for its role in the opioid epidemic and to stop selling drugs in the U.S. pharmaceutical. Like, they want them to stop selling drugs in New York State. And they reached a settlement with the state of New York to resolve that litigation in their role in the opioid. Um, now, nobody thought that this could ever happen. Wow. So I guess Johnson Johnson is not selling any opioids in New York State. That's what they agreed to pay. $130 million. Now, wow. I, I know Vanessa's gone, but here's a shout out to Vanessa. You know, and, and I know she, she she's on Carnival, didn't she say? Yeah. She's doing the Carnival Cruise. Well, this mm-hmm. is Royal yeah. Caribbean owned um, Celebrity Edge. Now, they're set, they set sail from a U.S. port yesterday, making it the first cruise ship to sail from a U.S. port in 15 months. They had 99% of their 11,010 passengers fully vaccinated, is what the company said. And Celebrity Cruises, which is one of Royal Caribbean's brands, says that 99% of their, pass- their passengers were vaccinated, while over 95% um, required uh, requirement was imposed by the Center for Disease Control. So for them to mm. leave, they needed 95% of the vaccinated, and it was 99%. Really? Uh, see, again, like, if they're not going to let you into a baseball game, you can't go on cruises, you have a choice to make. Now, you don't have to get yeah. vaccinated, but they're not going to let you in. No. But, you know, this is America, so you know people are going to sue. Yeah, of course. They can sue, but 
Like, 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 I got to tell a guy at work, I said, no shirt, no shoes, no service, man. Exactly. You can't that. So, hey, get right to run their business the way you can't tell somebody how to run their business. Right. You know? Right. And, you know, they try that all the time. I just want to tell you. Of course. You can't, it's like saying that you can't, um, you have to serve them even though they're sick. Like, mm-hmm. man, you don't have the right to come in there if without your face covered. If you know you're in a, yeah. you're, when you know you're in a pandemic. You're right. Yeah, people are kind of sick that way. Now, um, Canadian First Nation group um, found uh, 750 bodies in unmarked graves in another Indian Ooh. residential school run by the Catholic Church. Oh, you know, they were, now you remember they were trying to make Native children assimilate into society. So, mm. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said it was terribly that he was terribly saddened. That's a weak response, but anywho, uh, by <laughs> the discovery of this um, Indian uh, residential school in Canada. So, mm. so the Catholic Church is saying. Um, you know, they're not saying anything, but people are pressuring them to come down because the Catholic Church feels like with the sex scandals and all this other stuff, that they are still like, they don't want to pay for what they did, it looks like. They want to say, we bless you and we forgive you and we're sorry, but they need to pay. Mm. You know what I mean? Because the Catholic school system is the biggest school system in the world. So if nobody has governance over them, Technically, they can do what they want. So you got, you yeah. know, priests, pedophiles, and, you know, they're doing all kinds of stuff to people all across this planet, and we just get to turn away because it's a Catholic church? Hmm. No, you shouldn't. Not no. at all. So, yeah, well, well, I'll keep an eye out for the stories, find out what their response is to this, but they have not responded so far about the the fact that he killed all these people. And we know that this was going on. It is kind of what, on the show, we don't really get a chance to talk about is why the people like Mitch McConnell and um, those guys look at the world like they do. And Marjorie Taylor Greens and stuff. They're playing into a pathology of Europeans that they act like they don't have. Right? So they need to face it and deal with it and be gone, be done with it. So it is not it is not our work to be done. It is not our work. They need to deal with not it at all. and figure out why they see the world like they see it. Because it, it it has been no good for nobody. It hasn't been any good for hmm. anybody. Alright. So I don't know if you've seen any of the Olympic trials. Have you watched any of that stuff? Yes, I have. You know tonight, you know, I'm I am watching um the um, the gymnastics. I have I watched the track, and uh, yeah, you know, and I'm happy that um, what's her name keeps win or made it. What's her name? She lost yesterday. Yeah. Oh, did she? Yes. What is her name? I'm trying to remember her name. Oh God. Oh man, I can't that. But she she was running the um, the 200 in the um, and the 400. And um, 
Yeah, she's the most decorated dog on, um, she's one of the most decorated track stars we have. I can't, I cannot believe I can't remember her name. Anyway, that, um, you know, as I was watching it, I can watch the lower heat stuff, but then I have to, I'm one of those people who I'd wait for the superstars to come on. Because I'm cheering for the older (laughs) folks, by the way. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah. you're looking at people be like 18 and whatever your old people, right? And you're like, wait a minute. They keep telling us you're pretty much done, <laughs> you know, after you hit <laughs> after you hit 15 <laughs> in most sports. Like with right. what's going on with Simone Biles, for example. She is killing it, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, she's killing it. Mm-hmm. She, has, she has three things named after her in the sport. And the Olympics, mm-hmm. or the governing body of gymnastics, said um, said that they devalued one of them because it's too hard, and they don't want people trying it. I'm like, how do you? How do you? Because they're the only one that can do it, which means it's hard. But they want to devalue it. He keeps doing it anyway. Really? So, so who wow. I was thinking. In track was Alex, um, Alex and uh, Felix. That's yeah. Him. And, um, but, you know, the person who won the 200 meters, Gabby Thomas, she is, she, she's fabulous. I mean, she is fast. She broke two records just in the trials, the two world records. And both of her really? in the trials. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. wait for her go. But, um, yeah, I get all yesterday, man. Say it again. I couldn't watch TV at all yesterday because I had no power here, man. No, my power you didn't. went out. Yeah, from eleven thirty to five, by about six o'clock, man. Six thirty. Yeah, man. and plus I had family over anyway, so I couldn't. I couldn't watch no TV like I wanted to. You know, you yeah. know, I had a I had a power outage last night too. I don't know what time it went out, but I know it, it didn't come back on until about seven thirty in the morning. But that we I don't know what what's going on in the world. I didn't figure out why we had a power outage. <laughs> they uh, wouldn't tell me either. I was like, okay, why do I have a power outage? It was like we don't know. You know. <laughs> Bastard you fixed it, so you had to know. Right, right. You knew you knew what to fix. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. just, it's like somebody backed into a light switch, huh? Yep. So so I wanted to tell the Olympic story because um this woman, Quinn Berry, turned away from the American American flag yesterday while she was on the podium podium of the medal ser- um, ceremony for her Olympic trial. Mm. She's disrespectful to play the national anthem um, after she took the bronze medal. Like she throws one of the she throws a hammer one of the track players who um, I can't think of what her, the event is, but she, they said while the national anthem was playing. That she placed her hand on her hip and turned her feet like mm. she did a quarter turn, and she turned her back to the flag. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then she picked up a black T-shirt with the word "activist activist athlete" on it on the front, mm. it over her head. Wow! Stop really? playing with black people. That's all I gotta say for the. <laughs> in in the words of Day Day from um, Next Friday. Stop hanging out with black people. We raw. Like, don't make that woman mad. <laughs> so, so you know what they're gonna try to do, right? 
They're going to try to mm-hmm. impose to all black people not to make any statements on the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, they can try it, but you can't yeah. stop people from making a statement. That's, yeah. that's, that's their race, man. Stop. Yeah. You know, I know I know. Britain just had their first black, um, black female swimmer qualify for the Olympics as well. So just to mm. see for black folks participating in the games, I know, you know, white folks are having a little issue, but these guys are winning, right? It ain't that somebody cheated you. They're finally getting a shot to to participate, and even all the black women yeah. are in gymnastics. It makes me think that the hmm. Parolees was a little bit more racist than I thought they were to begin with. Because huh. because if you look really? at the, the the gymnastics, which I guess is at eight, their finals are at eight o'clock tonight. You look at um um what's her name Simone. Um, you mm-hmm. look at Jordan. What, I can't remember Jordan's last name. She was she was named after Michael Jordan, by the way. Um, mm. and black and the um, I think the other girl is Asian. But there's a lot of people of color in gymnastics this year. That when the Carolis were running USA gymnastics, there were none. Mm. Still to none. <laughs> so I, wow. I think there needs to be an investigation on those foods. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, Microsoft has revealed its new Windows 11 operating system. They said it's designed to be more personal environment for working, playing, and connecting with others. That is the commercial part of what they're saying. So they said that they took inspiration from the way people connect and use computers during the, during the pandemic to make Windows environment more personal. So Windows 11... Yeah will be marketed um, toward the end of this year. It's the first major revamp of uh, Windows operating system 2015. It's a free upgrade to users um, using Windows 10 until the middle of 2022. Mm. Now, I'm Just like the vaccine, I'm going to let some other people try this out and let me know how that worked out for you. I ain't changed my system for this. <laughs> they, they are they old. Uh, I'm I barely I'm barely okay with Windows 10. Wow. Now the Supreme Court this week ruled that uh, police cannot enter your home without a warrant, even if they're in hot pursuit of a misdemeanor suspect, uh, except for uh, unspec- unspecified emergencies. So in a seventh decision. They ruled that when officers are pursuing a suspect of a misdemeanor or lesser crime, they can't follow them into the house without a warrant. Really? Yep. So the, the, see, the court had previously given um, the police greater freedom to enter homes in cases involving serious crimes, but in 1976, the case said that the police, in hot pursuit of a suspect believed to have committed a felony, can enter a home without a warrant. But Justice, uh, Justice um, and Keegan wrote in the majority opinion, the flight of a suspect um, misdemeanor, which, which means they have a misdemeanor, not always justify warrantless entry into a home. An officer must consider all circumstances in pursuit cases um, to determine whether there's a law enforcement emergency. Mm-hmm. So on many occasions, the officer will have good reason to enter, but to 
pre- uh, prevent um, harm and violence and destruction of evidence. Um, if people go to escape from their home, then they can go in. But the officer has time to get a warrant, and he must do so even though the person fled. Huh. So, hey, I, wow. I what happened in this they case? They don't follow that rule anyway, though. Yeah. See what they, happened in this make case? Yeah, I think some guy ran through a stop sign or something, and the police followed him to his driveway, and he went in the house. And so the police went into the house, got the guy, and said, oh, he was drinking, so they wanted to arrest him for DWI, like for having alcohol. But they weren't supposed to enter the house because having running a stop sign is a misdemeanor. So if you have a broken taillight, or have something hanging from your rear, rear view, like they, that's, those are not felonies. They need to just give you a ticket and keep going. But the reason that they don't do that is because of that daggone crime bill that Bill Clinton signed in the 90s, right? It, a lot, it moved a lot of those things up to felonies, and police use any excuse to handcuff you, to run your name. That crime bill gave policing a different... Um, um, I wouldn't say different tools. That's an excuse. They they changed the mindset of police officers that they have the right to do anything that they want. But prior to that crime bill, police couldn't even ask you to get out your car. Like if you had a broken taillight or your muffler was too loud or you had a broken side view, they would just give you a ticket and they would keep going. But after the crime bill, they started asking people to get out of their car and where you going, it started being a little bit more aggressive. So, Supreme Court just ruled you cannot run up in anybody's house just because of a misdemeanor. So, if you give a policeman the finger and go in the house, they can't follow you in the house. You can get a ticket for that if if you're outside, though. Right? They can make up some governmental obstruction or something. All right. Now, Democratic senators... Sheldon Whitehouse um, defended membership in its in a second club that lacks it, <laughs> lacks diversity, is what they're saying. Uh, he said he won't resign, but vows to build a more inclusive membership. Now, Whitehouse, who's 65, belonged to this um, Ida Lewis Yacht Club of Newport in Virginia. Uh, which he did not identify but was confirmed by the club. So the news comes after and linked to the Bailey's Beach Club, another club that faced criticism for having no black members. So sparking criticism of this progressive, so-called progressive politician from his constituents in in Rhode Island. Uh, He says, while I'm not a member of that club, I do own a boat and belong to the sailing club in Newport. So while this club does not have exclusionary rules for membership, it does lack diversity, which means they don't have no black people. They don't have nobody of color is what they're saying. So White House released that in a statement. He told Fox News, or Fox News noted that his family appeared to be invested in that yacht club for decades. So uh, Sheldon, um, Sheldon White House, who is, I guess, a Sheldon Whitehouse, who's presumably his grandfather, Eldon Sheldon Whitehouse, is listed as Commodore of that club from 1937 to 1940. 
So he knew what no black people in there. He said, I'm not a member, but he's a member because his father used to run it. So he don't have to have a membership. I said all that to say, Sheldon White House, uh, hey, I'm going to go old school. He needs to gas face. Like, I will go old school on that one. All right. Uh, DNA discovered in Siberia, in a Siberian cave, um, revealed human remains may have lived with, or humans may have lived with both the Venusian and Neanderthals 44,000 years ago, archaeologists has found. So they said sediments from the uh, from the cave in Siberia were analyzed by a team of researchers from the Max Planck uh, Institute of Evolutionary Anthropology in Germany. Said that they used to work live together. They used to work together too, apparently. So if you don't know, the Venusian and Neanderthals are closer to primates than they are human, and you know only non-African Europeans have Neanderthal and Venusian DNA. This story is saying that they used to live together 4,400 years ago. I don't know what that means and what they're getting at, but I'm just doing the news. Now, so an Indiana grandmother who's 49, who was the first in nearly 500 capital rioters to be sentenced, avoids jail and apologized for a savage display of violence as the judge slams uh, more members of Congress for comparing the insurrectionists to tourists, um, Anna Morgan Lloyd was ordered by a federal judge to serve three years probation for her role in storming the Capitol on January 6th. So, here we go with those stories again. They're just saying she didn't mean it, but they let her off. And she, matter of fact, she caused no damage and um, or anything. So this is bad news for the people who caused damage, used the bathroom in there, did all this foul stuff while they were in there breaking windows. If she got three years probation, the rest of those guys are probably going to jail. I know we're worried about the fact that some people don't get prosecuted and others do. But in this case, for the insurrectionists, I think they're getting prosecuted. Now, John McAfee, um, that's the pretty much the antivirus software that I use, but he created the antivirus software. He's 75. He was found dead in his jail cell outside of Barcelona just hours after the court approved his extradition to the U.S., where he was wanted for tax evasion and fraud. Um, Spanish authorities insist there was no evidence of foul play, but McAfee's previous that he would never take his own life, a la Epstein, at feud like conspiracy theories. He said that I am content here. I have friends. Food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself, a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine, is what McAfee tweeted on October 15th. Which means he can use Twitter while he was in jail, so the jail probably was nice. But McAfee was... Um, Arrested in Barcelona airport on October 3rd, he was about to board a flight to Istanbul uh, with a British passport at the request of the U.S. Justice Department during his court hearing last month. They wanted him to return to the U.S. So uh, Maxi said that he would spend the rest of his life in jail if he was convicted of America. Now, 
He was convicted. He was married to his sister, wasn't he? Huh? He was married to his sister, wasn't he? Yeah, he sure was. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was hesitant on bringing that up because the British paper keeps saying that she was a former prostitute. Like, they, they, they had to degrade her <laughs> still. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. no, I don't know too much about her story. But, yeah, she's, he, he's been married to her for a while. Yeah. So she's mm-hmm. out press as well saying that he did he wouldn't have hung himself. Mm-mm. He's also saying that. Mm. But he was so obsessed with with Ep, with um what's the pedophile name? Epstein? Epstein, yes. Epstein, yeah. Yeah. He was so obsessed with him, they're saying that maybe his that's fueling the, the conspiracy theory, but he didn't want to come back to the US because um income tax evasion, he must have he must have pocketed a lot of money because he knew he was going to get a lot of time. So once, right. yeah. So once they said they were going to extradite him, he was done. Mm. You know. <laughs> now um, they said that more than a million deaths were linked to burning of fossil fuel in 2017, and more than a half of those uh, attributed to coal, according to a new study. Uh, in 2017, 1.05 million deaths would have been avoidable that year by eliminating fossil fuel combustion, according to the research team at the University of Washington in St. Louis. Yeah? You know, even as we get this out, Republicans are still talking about clean coal. There's no such thing as clean coal. It is coal or it's not clean coal. Wow. There's something else, man. Now, they're saying ibuprofen kills pain better than um, codeine with fewer side effects, according to a new study. They said more than 5,000 people across 40 trials took part in the study at McMaster University, which which found that patients giving non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs felt less pain than those taking codeine. So ibuprofen... So, so that getting people hooked into coding was just a ploy. It was playing in their head because they were addicted to it that they thought the pain was gone. They were just addicted to it. But they're saying ibuprofen is just as strong as a pain. Those pains better than coding. Wow. Yeah. Now, it said deaths in the U.S. nursing homes increased 17% in 2020 because of the pandemic compared to the year before, according to a study by Brown University. They said that the 17% increase in excess deaths in long-term facilities last year, um, given Americans' first glimpse at the uh, true death toll numbers. Because you know those true numbers are starting to come out. They were estimating before, and so now that they can look back and see what the actual numbers are, they're saying that they were 17% more than what they thought it was when they first came up with the numbers. Mm. I don't doubt it, man. I know that's what got my mom, man. I know it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, that's why I was saying that about vaccinating healthcare workers, because if you're around people who are vulnerable and you are just being stubborn because you, you are not going to care if you get sick, you can kill somebody else. No, the workers. A lot of people I, that I work with, they don't want to get it because they said Trump said not to get it. <laughs> I thought to myself, well, he got it. He right. got the vaccine. Right. But that's how they. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and how so, they feel. Yeah. Hey, 
like I said, there are some people who are sheep. And so mm-hmm. if that's what they're doing, there's nothing we can do. To, we can't save them if we want to. Yep. I don't think it's a job to. They they want to believe Trump. It's the guy who you know um, told something like, you know, 15,000 lies a day. <laughs> like, he was... He was <laughs> He was lying when he opened his mouth. I think he averaged something like 10 lies a day. Yeah. That dude lies yeah. all the time, so you're going to believe him on that. You're like, yeah, but yeah. everything else was a lie, but this is the truth? I wouldn't believe it. Yeah, when they said that to me, I was like, dude, he got the vaccine. No, he didn't. I said, look it up. He got it right before he left the White House. He got the vaccine. No, he didn't. I was like, okay, man, whatever. I'm, I'm tired of <laughs> Right. You're like, here we go. And, they, and, and, and I was listening to the news. They say he was way worse off when, yeah. than, than people let on to me when he, when he had that damn virus. He was close yep. to death. Yeah, they like, wow. played it. And, you know, and I don't believe that he almost died, and he still lied when he came out. It was like, don't yeah. take I'm good. Boy, it, it shows you what being in power is all about for some people. Yeah. Right, keeping yeah, them on edge sure. to maintain power. It, it, it it's like uh, in the words of Rick James, it's a hell of a drug. That's all I say. <laughs> <laughs> Just being there, That's a hell of a sure. drug. Yep. It's now, good. yep. Novax Incorporated says that its coronavirus vaccine more than ninety percent effective at preventing people from falling ill. So there's another company, a, a, a biotech company. Based in Gathersburg, Maryland, released data from its phase three trials um, involving nearly 3,000, um, 30,000 participants across um, 100 sites in the U.S. and six in Mexico. The vaccine appeared to be safe and well tolerated, with the most common side effects being fatigue, headache, muscle aches, and pain at action sites, which is the rest mm. of them. Um, yeah. But lasts no more than two to three days. It combines uh, genetic, uh, genetically engineered protein that causes a weakened version of COVID with a plant-based ingredient to help generate stronger immune response. Dude, I would take that one. It's plant-based. It ain't like chemical-based. I'm good. So Novak says people should be given two doses of that vaccine three weeks apart. The vaccine officially named, okay, I'll go slow. It's it's Novak in case you want that vaccine. So it's NVX dash COV, that's COVID, 2373. It can be stored in regular medical refrigerators. So if you don't like the RNA version and you don't like the Johnson & Johnson AstraZeneca version, you have another one, Novak, and that is 90% effective. Again, there's options. You got a plant-based one. You got one that's not even DNA based, it's RNA, which is not even remotely close to the protein. And then you have one that's tra- traditional flu vaccine, Johnson and Johnson. You got three choices, and they're all not the same. So, I just thought I'd put that out there for those people like that. And, and I'm thinking at some point the clinical trials should be finished about with, um, they, they're having the treatments. Um, there's three treatments out, and um, there's another one that's going to be in pill, pill form. But that trial is not up till I think the end of the next. 
And we'll see how that one goes. We're just just here giving options today. That's all that is. Now, a mother who killed five of her six children by drugging their breakfast and smothering them with a towel after her ex-husband got a new girlfriend, she goes on trial in Germany. Yeah. People are crazy. You ain't lying. Now get this, she's 28 years old, and she has that much hate for him that she's she's accused of murdering five of her children aged between one and eight after feeding them high doses of drugs last September. Mm. Because she was mad at the father for finding a new uh, new girlfriend. That made a lot of sense. Like, they already divorced. What do you expect them not to do? I, you know what? I, I can't even get in their head. Some people are crazy. I don't know how. I Never mind. That That's a movie for, um, what's, that, what's that network? Lifetime? Lifetime. The Women's Network? Lifetime. Yeah. True stories? Yeah. There's something to be said wow. about in, there, in people's pathology. Wow. Now, wow and wow. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, you want to talk about crazy and crazy, uh, crazy stuff. I know it's not as bad as this. You know, a Philippines web designer named his son HTML. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, okay, so if you don't know what HTML is, people, it's hypertext markup language. It's the, it's the language that we use to make web called HTML. So... He, um, he he introduced his child via Facebook on a post from his aunt last Thursday saying that this guy named his child HTML. Wow. Now, I used to think that people naming their their kids half after their mother and father like Tyrone <laughs> Judy or like like something kinda like that. <laughs> like I thought those were strange. At least they try to name after a person. When people start naming their children after, like, um, you know, AstraZeneca. <laughs> like, they name them after a person. Elon and, uh, Musk named his, his son some strange name. And uh, I was like, wow. Elon Musk from... Uh, oh, really? From Tesla? Uh, yeah. yeah, man. He named his son a strange name. I was like, what is... Okay. Dude, you got it. You're you like, win. Hey, okay. Now, although I'm with you, you need to have a lot of money to name your child something strange because they are never going to work, ever. You know, mm-hmm. they, some jobs are going to be listed, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like, who is the comedian that said something about naming your child chlamydia is not going to get her a good job? <laughs> like, James like, Hannah. James Hannah. God rest his James Hanna, God rest his soul, yeah. he died not too long after that. But yeah, that was James Hanna, man. I man. knew that guy. Huh? <laughs> I knew him, man. Did you really? Yeah, oh, yeah I knew him. He was he was out of Chicago, man. I used to book him for shows. Yeah, man. Man, he was funny. He's a funny brother. Funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that that's be weird to name your child after something that you know. It's not going to help them in life. You need to be really Mm-mm. rich to do something like Mm-mm. that. Really? Now, okay, now, so music billionaires, um, Andre Young or Dr. Dre and Jimmy Ivey, 
launched a new public school in South L.A. in partnership with the local school district. Now, um, if you don't know about this, LeBron James had already done this, where he launched a kind of a charter school, but it's in the public school system. So this seems to be the new trend, is that, you know, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine partnered with the L.A. public school system to launch a high school for the fall of 2022. The school is intended to create a next generation of innovators, um, is what Andre Young said. And um, he said he never had much interest in school and wanted to reach the inner city kid, um, the younger me, is what he told the L.A. Times, um, that here's a place that you can go where something that you can learn that you're really interested in. So their vision for the school is based on the university uh, based on the um, University of uh, Southern California, you know that you know he has an academy at USC. Yep, yeah, yep. I knew that. Mm. Yep, it's the Levine and Young Academy for the Arts, Technology, and Business Innovation, which the pair launched with a seventy million dollar donation in two thousand and thirteen. So they are mm. going to partner with that school as well. So, you know, okay. So, not to be too cynical but it's just kind of who I am, <laughs> that I would not create a school with the same curriculum that the other schools already have. They're already mm-hmm. so helpful in the bigger picture. So I don't think that, think that that's a, a good thing. But anyway, hey, at least at least they're trying to do something. Yes. That's all I can say about Something that. positive. Yeah. Oh, you know what I did not do a long time ago, uh, a few years past? Did you know about the um, the celebrity boxing match with Lamar Odom and that kid Aaron Carter? Well, yeah, I knew about it. I just never, I didn't watch it. Okay, so here's what happened. On Friday, June 11th, um, Lamar Odom knocked him out. Thank you very of much. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was. Hey. That guy, uh uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lamar Odom, who's 41, the, the pop star is what they're calling um, Aaron Carter, 33. So he was talking a lot of noise. Now, if you don't know anything about sports athletes, it, the difference between the singer and the athlete is athletes, you actually work out. <laughs> like, they work out for a living. You could be a singer and not have to work out. So apparently... He thought that probably Lamar Odom was just going to come in there and be a cakewalk, but um, professional elite athletes are usually pretty strong. I'm just going to put that out there. So You're in line there. They had a highly anticipated boxing match, which took place at the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City, and um, he beat them pretty quick. Really? Yeah. I, I heard nothing about it, and I was wondering about it. I, I, I saw the hype up to it, and I was like, I'm going to watch it, and I just forgot all about it. Yeah. You know, I, I was not going to watch that. Like, I I had no no interest in watching <laughs> so. But when I saw the news story, when I read it, I was like, okay. I remember the hype around this, but it didn't even last that long. I, I think I don't like celebrity fights. I don't like boxing generally, but... Celebrity fights has just seemed like, um, you know, it's just a lot of testosterone. People talking noise, mm-hmm. and it don't it don't usually work out for the person challenging the folks that's usually quiet. 
You never really see Lamar yeah. Odom noise. Even playing basketball, he was very rarely into mess, you know? Mm-hmm. But apparently, Aaron Carter, selling, but what we like to call old school, selling wolf tickets. <laughs> it just didn't work out for him. <laughs> You know, I needed Jay in here for that one. Somebody tell him That's not just a uh, Richard Pryor joke. That that goes way back. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I could have did unconfirmed Black History on selling wolf tickets. <laughs> I have to jot that down for the for the research department. <laughs> that was that was my bad. I should have kept that to myself until I got that to research. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, now, okay, so, uh, let's see. Now, there's 30, well, I'm not going to do all 30, but this is my last story for today, but I just thought I'd do something uh, interesting to transform, transform your health. They're saying that there are these tweaks that are guaranteed transforming your health. So one, the secret to enjoying a long, healthy life would be simple if you walk faster. They're saying numerous studies have found a link between the speed, the walking speed, and longevity in older folks. Well, yeah, I don't like that, that, that wording because if you're older, you're probably going to walk slower. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't tell right. walk faster. How fast are we talking? So anyway, really? they're saying walking fast actually helps you. And uh, they, and also, they're saying research shows that one decent jog a week may be all you need. So this report from the British Journal of Sports Medicine found that a 50-minute run at a steady six miles per hour is just as good uh, at reducing the risk of premature death as two, you know, high-speed runs every week. So, I just watched the Olympics, so getting up to six miles an hour shouldn't be that hard. Because <laughs> these folks are like, <laughs> 22 miles an hour. I'm like, nope, that's that's really mm-hmm. not. But they're saying, you know, a good run for, fit, for 50 minutes will uh, help you live longer. Now, okay. Now, they said learning a second language known to have uh, beneficial effects when it comes to reducing dementia later in life. So several studies hmm. show that it slows age-related decline um, in your cognitive function if you learn a second language. Hmm. I, well, I guess it keeps the mind busy. Yeah. So, and playing Candy Crush does that too. So either one. But learn language to play Candy Crush, you got to keep your mind going. So, or, or any game, you know, Zadoku or any of those games. I actually play Zadoku a lot, but hey, keep your thinking. Now, I don't get this one, but they're saying turn off sports in your radio in your car. They said that will turn off sports in your car. Yeah, they said that the the area of the brains involved in driving cars uh, will increase in accident because you're listening to. Um, you're listening to sports because people have emotional reactions apparently to sports. Right. Major health hazard. So psychiatrists recommend hmm. listening to speak.
speeches instead of audiobooks or talk radio um, as um, will help visualize the part of the brain opposed to um, distracting you. Mm. It seems like visualizing okay. distracts you more than anything else. That's just really. Again, I don't I don't know who these people are, but oh, but here's a sports one. They're saying that choosing a winning team to watch actually is good for your heart. Mm. So, so what they're saying is, if you pick the team that normally wins, you're more likely to be happy. <laughs> but if your team is always losing, <laughs> it says losing made blood pressure readings go up while not supply rising. And also their mood declined. So pick a winning mm. team. <laughs> like let let go. Here go. I'm trying to think of a team without offending everybody. But I was going to say let go of the people who are at the bottom. But there's something wrong with that because when your team finally started winning, then you ain't got nothing to hold on to. So, oh, really? You're a New York Jets fan. Stop being so rabid. <laughs> <at your games. laughs> yeah. You know, or or Philadelphia, the Eagles, man, those those fans that kill you, playing around with them. Dude, I I watched some on them, man. I, I couldn't believe how how serious Philadelphia takes their sports, man. Yes, I was I was in shock. Yeah, I saw I saw um I can't think it was Vice or somebody that did sports yes. teams like sports fans or something. New yes. York. Whether it's the Eagles or the 76ers or the Flyers and Boston fans, those people are crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, man. Did you see the one where the guy killed the uh, the, the other guy because he was he was messing with his son? No. I just, oh man, it, the guy, the, his son was a Dallas Cowboy fan, and he was leaving the Super Bowl. That this was after the Eagles won, and these guys were jumping him, and he went out there to defend his son, and he stabbed the guy. And he's he's doing twenty years in life, and, and I mean in prison right now, man, over it. Oh, he had a bad attorney. You know, yeah. the problem is is that you can there are there are um, statutes on the books in pretty much every state, and I know New York State has them. I can't think of a case that you need to cite, so don't don't email Jay. But you can cite a case; it is perfectly legal. To, um, to even kill somebody cause bodily harm if you're defending someone. Yeah. So if you see somebody about to hurt somebody, you don't even have to know them. Um, and that those statutes are pretty much in every state. That's why in mob cases, people don't understand why mob lawyers uh, get people off and why Gotti's lawyer was disbarred before they actually convicted them because there are laws on the books that says that you can have, you can justify killing someone. Really? I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. And and how that works in court is that a judge can't rule over somebody else's precedent. So how court works is that your lawyer cites some cases, the prosecutor cites some cases. The judge is obligated to only use the cases that you cite to make your point, and they can't overrule earlier precedent. So if you say, hey, I killed this guy because I was defending him under these circumstances, if it, there's a case that you can cite, they have to let you go. Hmm. Yep, that's how the justice system works. I, I remember speaking to some law students. Um, I spoke at a college one time, 
and one of the students said that she wanted to be a judge. Um, that's why she went to college. And I asked her, well, why did you go to college? She said, don't you have to be a lawyer to be a judge? And I said, no. I started off doing judge races. They don't have to be a judge. She goes, how come I didn't know that? I said, because nobody's going to tell you that. Most judges are lawyers. Right? If you go to them, they're going to say, do what I did. But you don't have to be. They're, they are... Um, the founding fathers of the country knew what they were doing when they made sure that you could not, if you get elected to office, you go to judge school. So New York State is five weeks now. It used to be three weeks years ago. But really? you get taught on how, yes, you get taught on how to rule on cases. So that's why I know that if you don't need to know the law, how do judges rule? Well, they wait for your attorney to cite the cases and they can't rule with their own personal knowledge, they have to rule based upon what you tell them. So they usually turn to the clerk and says, pull those six cases that they cited, and they go in the back and read them. They're like, okay, you made the point, so you won. That's how it works. I know, the Justice System 101, right? (laughs) Now, oh, so, um, oh, the, the other... Tiny twerk tweaks that you can guarantee good health. I forgot that we were on that subject. <laughs> they said <laughs> take down meals and put that put on pile. So they said if you're struggling to say no and you know in eating, stop. Um, they said stand while you're eating. They said it seems to dull the the um, your taste perception. So food tastes differently if you're standing up apparently. But they said it puts really? stress on the body. Causing the heart to pump faster and the blood to flush away nerve, um, the nerves in the mouth and um, nose. So your hormones, food tastes differently when you're sitting down opposed to standing up. Damn. Hmm. I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I'm shocked at that when you, yeah, I never when even you stand up and food tastes differently. Yep. Hmm. They said the blood is rushing away from your, your um the nerves in your in your nose and your mouth. Mm. Okay, now they also said practice balancing on one leg if you want to reduce the risk of falls when you get older. So mm. they said falls due to poor balance. So every now and then while you're doing well, you should stand and try to balance on one leg. I always think about this because, again, I'm watching gymnastics, and I keep thinking that has to be really handy on how to fall. Gymnasts probably yeah. never to get hurt. Yeah, because you're right, because they, man, oof. They fall all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, they also said the mm-hmm. average worker spends six hours a day staring at screens, so it's no surprise that um, computer eye strain is a modern ep- epidemic with more than 10 million people going to hospital, um, you know, having hospital-related symptoms that, symptoms that send them to the hospital, including sore and watery eyes, double vision, and headaches and all of that other stuff. So they said there's a 20-20-20 trick that's recommended by the American Academy of um, Ophthalmology. Ophthalmology. So every 20 minutes, look at an object for at at least 20 feet away for 20 seconds. 20-20 hmm. trick. Avoid eye strain. Look at an object every 20 minutes that's at least 20 feet away for 20 seconds. Okay. They said now. I'm gonna get can't... out of shot. Huh? I'm gonna get out of shot because I got I sit in front of computer screens 
Ooh, I'm sick of it. <laughs> oh, so yeah. so do I. I sit in there for for a long time. So they said they they said that uh, while excessive screen use will not cause permanent eyesight damage, that simple exercise can pre- prevent blurry um, vision and eye strain and headaches forced by looking at something other than your screen. Hmm. Yep. Now I also didn't know this. Said that keep taking a warm shower will keep you cool in bed. If you take a warm shower before you get in bed, if it's hot at night, it will keep you cool. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And mm. and then our last one, they said if you skip, now we're a little too old to be doing this, but they said skipping will help your bone density. So it'll help you have strong bones. But since we have a minute left, that's all I have for today. I'll put them on there so every now and then we'll talk about some things to keep you in good health. We'll get some other things. Wow. That, okay. That's good to know. A lot of that stuff, I was like, wow. I know. Mm. Yeah, I, I would never thought of looking off for 20 minutes, 20 feet. Every mm-hmm. 20, right? All right. Really? Yeah, so there you have it. I know we're close to time. I didn't expect to be this yeah. long. I thought we were going to end man, so early. <laughs> no, brother. I, hey, man, I enjoy it, man. <laughs> I definitely right. enjoy it, brother. All yes, right, sir. brother. All right. See, see you, next- you next week. All right. Later. All right.